Three, two, one. Multi bars. My name is Jesse. Okay, I'm sick. And butter. And this is episode Who Cares? No it's one cares. The, it's in the hundreds. Um, and we, this is going to be a cool episode because we're talking about a cool movie. There's a lot of cool things to talk about. Uh, most notably, right before we got on this podcast, <clears throat> we watched the new Spider-Man, what's the movie called? Spider-Man? Uh, Nowhere to Park. Nowhere to Park. <laughs> <laughs> that was a donkey tweet today that really oh, made really? me laugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He said Spider-Man, Nowhere oh, I to Park. I thought you were a true original. No, I'm not that funny. <laughs> I just stole it from you Donkey. Stole it. I know. You're a I, I wish I wish that's I could have funny, the kind of that kind of humor. No you know part, what I that's mean? so good. Oh man. That's I so that funny. So good. I thought that was so no, good. Nowhere no way no way home? Nowhere no, no uh, home. Well, okay. The first <laughs> one was home? home. The first one was homecoming. Yeah. The second one was Far from Home. Far from home. And this, this one is no way no home. No way home. No way home. Damn. Do you think? Okay, this is the first. This is the first question I have about that. Yeah. So about this is the, the first conversation of Spider-Man. Is 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 this naming convention? This home naming convention? Is this a good idea? Because like it's, I I've only it. found it to be confusing. I don't think it's bad, but like, I mean, they, let's say about the 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 naming. They all make sense. I mean, think yeah. about it. Like homecoming was one of the big parts. One of the big. Uh, you know, some plots of that movie is that they're going to home, the homecoming dance. Right. Um, but also, it's a double entendre, kind of. That, that might not be the right word, but uh, <laughs> double meaning, double meaning, because yeah. it was the first Spider-Man movie in the MCU. He's coming home, you know, he's back in the right, Marvel. Right, right, um, Far from home, obviously, there, it was a London. He ain't in home. He yeah, ain't, he ain't, ain't home, in New York. <laughs> but we haven't seen this movie, so no way, no way home is definitely the worst first like head scratcher, you know, where it's like, yeah. well, what does uh, this mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. I just I think about I don't, it. I don't mind it. I think it gives like this crazy like character, you know, it's better yeah. than like. I just I think it's funny because anytime it comes up in conversation to me, everyone's always like, "Which one? What is it called? What? How? Mm-hmm. Which one is this? What's what?" And well, so, I think and that's I always just think... because there's like. What is this? This is the seventh or eighth Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just like because there's so many <laughs> Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I mean, but I anyways, like this, also the what the thirtieth Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, more is like, it? Are we, when are we gonna get hit forty? Are we 40? at forty almost? I think we're at thirty. I think I think we're, I was right. Oh, we're at thirty. I think so. I thought we were. I thought we were at thirty-five. Really? What's that up? You're quick. you're you. I'm sure you are. There's I don't know. I, I, I more I mean, chance that you're more correct 30, than I, I am. I just remember 
reading something that showed she wanted to like the 20 guys movie or something. Okay. And okay. How, many, came out, so. how many Marvel, how many Marvel movies are my, there? My, my yeah. final guess is 30. Uh, Which is bonkers. Uh, well, the first, thing, the first thing that comes up is 26. I see 23, oh. 24. <laughs> all 50 Wait, why are there Marvel different movies? answers? I don't know. This is a pretty uh, easy answer. <laughs> Well, I guess How it's many... a little hard because of the, like, Super maybe counting the X-Men movies or shit. And shit. Kind uh, of like yeah. MCU movies. MC, that's that's the yeah. search. That's the one. Well, well, MC, M- MCU movies numbers. We should just, like, have a compilation of us struggling to look up to things look on this up. podcast. 26. Yeah. There are oh, 26 wow. MCU right. films. Oh, wow. So close As to th- <laughs> I thought there were 35, so you were closer than I As was. As of now. Well, I mean, you're yeah. probably closer if we're counting everything based on a Marvel property. You're probably right, closer. Right. Yeah, because it's there's probably like more than that. Four X Men movies. No, X-Men there's movies? more than that. How is there like is there like seven? Let's see, there's the trilogy, there's uh-huh. the X Men Days of Future Past. Oh, I didn't think of Logan. I forgot about Logan. Well there's also Apocalypse. So I'm just thinking yeah. about the X Men movies. So there's six X Men movies. Crowded yeah. Dark Phoenix, which is a big pile of dog crap. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> and then there's three Wolverine movies. Right, right. Um, I guess we'll count Deadpool too, right? Yeah, Deadpool. So there's like Van- a Le- there's Venom, like Venom, Venom, movies. <laughs> Venom one and two. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> there's eleven eleven X Men movies. That's insane. Holy shit. And then there's uh. Yeah, Venom, and yeah, then you can count, like, the, the Randy films, plus the, yeah, so there's oh, well yeah. over, there's gotta be well over, like, 40, like, yeah. Marvel yeah. movies based on Marvel properties. But true, true MCU, there are 26. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so, anyway, so the new trailer for the new Spider-Man movie came out, which, you know... <laughs> and I'm very excited about it because, like, I'm I've been a fan of this trilogy. Like, I like both the films. Do I like them better than the Raimi universe? No, and I never will <laughs> because <laughs> because of nostalgia. I like even Spider-Man Three. Like, I'm like, yeah, Spider-Man Three is dope, but I don't care what people say. Is it bad? Uh-huh. Yeah, but it has Peter Parker dancing in a nightclub and i i like yeah. it uh, and it also has um you know just amazing shit in it um and i don't and so like but i think what marvel has done with these two movies i think it's fresh and i think it's a different take on spider-man that i think is like a lot of fun sure my biggest complaint for sure about these three movies already that without even seeing the third one is that Spider-Man in each one of these films has like he's like a sidekick kinda like the first one he had Iron Man it's like his mentor or whatever yeah. and then in the second one he had Mysterio which is more interesting because the twist of that movie spoiler you know, the yeah. Spider-Man movie but uh, Mysterio you know from a lot of that movie they're, they're buddy buddy and, and stuff like that and in this one, Doctor Strange in it. So, like, I don't love that they each one 
how there's, there's like another big MCU character. Yeah, that's in a it. good point. But like at the same time, like I'm kind of glad that like it's different. You know, it's different. You know? Well, that's kind of that's. I think I, I agree with that point actually, and I think that. I'm excited. I'm interested with Even this one because I'm so excited to see Doctor Strange because I love Doctor Strange. You know, like, yeah, with Spider Man, but you and, know, and the first two Spider Man movies in the series, I feel like they really leaned into the fact of Spider Man being a kid compared to the other superheroes, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yes, yeah. and it was That's interesting to see him and and to see him in relationships with these other characters yeah. who we were more familiar with i thought it was more so effective with iron man than with mysterio sure. but uh, yeah, it, right, it was yeah. still a worthwhile yeah uh, it still was an interesting thing to play but i think you make a good point about him sort of almost taking a, a sidekick or a second yeah. stage position and it'd be cool sometimes. to see in this and, and sometimes and in this in this next movie to see because one of the things i like about spider-man's character is how in the comics he they do he's such a wonderful and interesting person to have him play off of of weird situations mm -hmm. that he might get in. So putting him in context with other superheroes or universes sure. is really really interesting yeah. in stories yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I think it, and this is this, yeah. Yeah, and he's and he's really smart, and yeah. he's like also very a very powerful superhero. Right. So it just it leads to very interesting situations. Yeah. But you make a really I mean, good I point think, that it's like I think all will three, we see Spider Man. I think this film will most likely work. You know, like as long as the other two, same director. So I mean, it's probably going to be good. But like, you know, it's just like it's just, there's going to be more Spider-Man movies after this, you know? I don't know if this is going to be the third... I don't know if this is going to be Tom Holland's last movie, you know? But if they make another trilogy with another fucking guy, me, I get cast as Spider-Man. We make a, <laughs> make a whole trilogy about a creature called Spider-Man with a trait. You do a, a great job. <laughs> and a death Spider-Man. And then we get to that point. <laughs> the wet slinger could come out of your trach instead yeah, of your... Exactly, dude. <laughs> Amazing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I like swinging from my neck. <laughs> oh, that's a great amazing. idea. <laughs> See? This is a great idea. Already have good uh, ideas. So when that when my trilogy comes out, when you know the Death Spider Man comes out, <laughs> like you know, maybe we'll look more fondly on the on this trilogy. We're like, oh god, that was cool. You know, that was yeah, unique yeah. amongst you know, like it, 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 it is cool in the sense of like um, from the Amazing Spider Man where it was so trying so hard to like open up this whole Spider Man universe, especially with the second one with like introducing the Sinister Six and all this bullshit. You know, yeah, that was a so it's cool mess. that uh. And also, like, this Spider-Man is cool because he exists in the MCU, you know? And that's, you know, unique, you know? Um, and, but anyway, this trailer is so interesting to me. Uh, because I remember, like, rumors years ago, or years, years, like, 15 years, years ago, years, a year ago, years. I think, like a year ago, <laughs> when, like, the rumor came out that, like, Tony McGuire... You know, Andrew Garfield, Alfred Molina, Scott Ock, like Jamie Fox is Electro, all these guys are gonna be in the the new Spider-Man movie. And I remember you and I were talking about it, we were like, This is bullshit. There's no way like this is one of those yeah, you know, rumor mill thing that like there's no way that this is gonna happen. And then when I started seeing when I saw WandaVision, I was like, 
Maybe, maybe they're, they're gonna sound Loki. I was like, oh shit. And then the trailer came out. And then I was like, oh fuck. They are, this is real. That was a real, that was a real article. That was a real news thing that came out. Like, I thought that that was just like a, sometimes you see these, like, rumors that, like, get, that are so intriguing and so, like, fascinating that, like, all these big publications jump on it, you know, but there's no yeah. real confirmation. Maybe I didn't look into that deeply to think maybe there was confirmation from, like, Kevin Feige or Marvel or something, but I don't yeah. know. I didn't look into it. It's just so maybe. hard to tell. With, it's better to assume with the internet that it's just, like, just to abstain yeah. from anything hard. Like, yeah. when it's yeah. so early on, it's hard to really go any direction exactly. on it. So, yeah, man, like, so... Obviously, the, the, the film is about basically killing the second one, Spider-Man, everybody knows his identity, and Peter Parker, uh, for various reasons, because they also think he's a murderer. Like, you know, Mysterio oh, right. framed him as murdering him, so he's, like, I think he's probably going to be, like, hunted and looked for, uh, wanted, you know? murder <laughs> um <laughs> and so he from murder and he goes to dr strange and asks him you know is there a way that you can is there a spell that you can you know make everybody forget that i'm spider-man and he's like yeah like there is but you know it's, I can do that. it's gonna be kind of wild and i don't we haven't seen the movie yet I, it seems like something went wrong in the spell um and he basically opens up the multiverse Bringing in, and we get like for sure, there's no question. This trailer, no questions about it. Rainy villains and and the Amazing Spider Man villains, too. Yeah, which is you know, it makes my brain go like it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Part of me is so excited because I'm such a big Spider Man fan, especially in those Rainy folks seeing Will and the Foe. As the Green Goblin again, man, is like the coolest shit ever. Like that's yeah, like really that's awesome. like childhood. But I also am watching this trailer, saying "fuck you," because this is just nostalgia shit. Like this is like this is kind of like one of the things that I mm-hmm. hate sometimes about uh, like the new Ghostbusters movie, for example, that's coming out, or like some of these like revival kind of franchises that literally bank on nostalgia and bank on references and they're like you know remember this you know and like that's the whole movie not saying that this is gonna be that because i think it's a little more interesting uh than that just because it's a spider-man movie and it's like you know it's it's doing something cool with like the multiverse aspect to it yeah but at the same time it is fan service. Like, especially if they... If, I, I'm almost certain that Tony Wire and Andrew Garfield will show up as Spider-Man in, in this movie. You can't just have the... Vi- like, why would the villains just be there and not yeah. the Spider-Man? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's my main concern, too. Because yeah. I love the idea of playing... The idea of the metaverse... And just completely linking all the things together. <laughs> multiverse. <laughs> is, is multi, multiverse. Not, not the, <laughs> the metaverse, metaverse is Facebook. <laughs> uh, the uh. multiverse 
but the like the, the the idea of like the multiverse is a really you know awesome concept or the idea of all these different stories connecting together yeah. and when one interconnected right. universe is very stimulating and yeah I, that's what what the great but uh, spider-verse in comparison is a great example the of them film. taking the animated spider-verse is a great example of taking that, that really cool idea yeah, but the really good idea taking the really good yeah. idea of the multiverse and creating a good story around that really cool idea. Yeah, of and, course. Yeah. And and this the problem potentially with this film is that I I love the idea of using the multiverse to tell a cool story because of the flexibility and the potentials that you would have. Yeah. But if they don't have a story, I would really have them preferred them just to pick a cool villain right. like Doc right. Ock, Venom, anybody, right. and just write right. a great story with this awesome Spider-Man yeah. that they have set so the, up. The biggest, the biggest concern is like, listen, listen. When Tobey Maguire says it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cry. Unless it's yeah. like really horrible, but it's Marvel, so it's not going to be, they're probably going to do it in the most tasteful way that they can. It's not yeah. like Rise of Skywalker shit, where, like, Luke's going to show up and be like, yeah. hey, remember all these things that I said in The Last Jedi? I didn't mean any of that. You know, like, it's not going to be, I don't think they're going to, like, ruin the character. If anything, it's going to be funny. You know, if anything, they're going to be Marvel, they're going to kill Wires in a make a joke or, or, or something like that, you know, when, when he shows up. And, you know, that prospect is so cool to me. You know, it's, it's a cool, it's a mind-blowing idea that this will even happen, you know, that it will yeah. happen. Like, but the, the, the concern is that because I like the two, the two movies so much and I love the story of them, I love the way that they're taking Spider-Man and, like, through these movies, you're seeing him really become Spider-Man. Like, in the last one, he was dealing with Iron Man's death and dealing with, like, him having to be his own man, you know? And that was, like, a cool... That was a great Spider-Man story, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and then after Spider-Verse, where, to me, it is the best Spider-Man movie to come out um, yet. So, like, uh, and that story was obviously, like, incredibly co like complex and super deep and super emotional i don't really know where you even go from that super excited about that sequel but um yeah. <laughs> they got a they got a really really hard cast on their hands with that one because i don't know how you top that movie i don't know how you innovate I, I, it's just, it's uh, We'll it's a really but, I don't want to be in their shoes. No. But I'm uh, glad they're I'm glad they're in their shoes. Super excited to see it. <laughs> but <laughs> um but the, the fear is that it's just gonna become too convoluted because this trailer yeah. shows so so much it shows Sandman, <laughs> yeah. um the lizard from uh you know the lizard Spider Man, yeah. uh, Electro Green Goblin, we hear Will Defoe's voice is narrating the, in the end of the trailer, which is the coolest shit ever. You know, hearing his fucking, fucking voice, man, is just William the coolest Defoe shit voice. ever. Um, that, uh, Alfred Molina, there's a great joke where they joke about his name. It's pretty funny. But at the same time, if you're going to joke about his name, you're hanging out with Doctor Strange. You know, mm -hmm. like, it's a pretty <laughs> weird name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna make fun of his name, gonna make fun of fucking 
your friend, Stephen Strange. He's got a lot of strange things going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, it's just gonna, it's just crazy. It's just gonna. I almost see I almost how that... how well they're going to mess uh, all these all these different characters and all these different universes together in a way that feels streamlined and you know like like a story that's meant to be there you know yes i almost and it's crazy to think about in the bigger uh scale of the marvel universe because if if this is like possible you know like if this is like if we're able to bring different characters from different intellectual properties you know like the randy you know like all these different things what the hell are they going to do with the X-Men? Are they just going to, like, not like Rainstone, like, are they going to, like, are they going to somehow, like, keep the X-Men universe that's already been built and, like, somehow, like, add it into this MCU, you know? Like, yeah, like, it's weird, because they have X-Men now, you know? And, like, yeah, right. how are going to uh, use them? And in a way, I think it'd be kind of cool to, uh, instead of sort of retconning, you sort of just adapt yeah. what they have, what has already existed, and merge it with right. what now exists of the MCU. I could see some potential in, in something yeah. like that working. Um, but, like, another thing that's really interesting about this film is, like, because... Another thing that I do not love, especially with, like, kind of with the blockbuster stuff, like, or the, like, fan service stuff with, like, the new Ghostbusters, because I don't think it looks bad. It just looks like fans, or it just looks like, oh, look, they're a little fake with Marshmallow Man. Oh, look, we have the, uh, like, she walks up to the fucking car and looks the, it's like, oh, it's the car. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, and I love Ghostbusters. It's cool to see that, but at the same time, it's like I feel like I'm being, like, like, you know, it's lame. It's it's easy. It's, yeah. it's just, um, but I think with another thing, what I was gonna mention is like, by bringing the Raimi universe and the Amazing Spider-Man universe, you're acknowledging that these films exist so you're almost like if they do it they might not be doing it like that electro in this trailer has a different costume and he looks like he didn't look he's not blue like that he right. was in the so they that's kind of exciting because that means that they might just be like you know like retconning the like the idea of like what they were doing in the in, the, in those movies, you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. not like because it is it would be it's super weird to like just have like this idea of like I don't know it makes me this that I, I feel like it just makes the particular movie have like no weight because it's like you know what I mean? Because it's like oh so this is just for yeah. show and it's like other movies like coming in. I know it's a Marvel movie, I know it's goofy, but if you watch the Raimi films, they're not attached to to anything. Like they're they're three they're Spider Man movies. And there's weight, right. there's emotional weight there. And like bringing like 
all of these things, like, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, who have played Spider-Man, like, showing up, immediately, like, takes me out of, like, the drama of the movie. Because it's like, they've played Spider-Man before, and, I, you know, so it's like this weird thing already. Right, you know? right. Am I, I, I mean, excited it's... to see it? Yeah, because it's fucking crazy that it's happening, but at the same time, like, is it going to be, like, an emotional, weighty film? I mean, like it's a it's, it's a really it's a really interesting thing to talk about, and I think it's a really relevant question for this film, um, because you have like so many avenues. In my opinion, I think that there is a hundred percent, like you have so many options here that there's a really easy way to write a really great story with all of this these options and utilities and cool characters you have. If you have the freedom to do whatever you want with these characters, yeah. but the reality of it is that we're not talking about like an auteur like Denis Villeneuve, yeah. who is coming forward and trying to adapt these things using these models that we all know and trying to push his vision, which turned out to be very honest. But you know what sure. I mean? It's not like some auteur right. who, has, not, who has yeah. this toolkit. It's like it's yeah. very much the Marvel studio trying yeah. to make right. something that serves the expectations of the fans right. and pushes yeah. and makes us excited to see the next thing which is like yeah. kind of nerve-wracking because yeah. because when it's a situation like that then you run into that this risk of them making decisions uh for example that makes me think that they're going to use the multiverse as sort of like this excuse or fallback option just to explain shit mm -hmm. like just to do shit like um like uh tear jerking uh, yeah. cameos and stuff like that right. and like what you're saying but if it's, they Disney. Do, if, it's all Disney Star Wars you know, it's Disney you know yeah. they've done this before like the Rise of Skywalker that's what that movie is it's a jerk off like fan like you know fan service bullshit movie like right and I'm and not saying Marvel hasn't even done that yet you know so no. like it's kind of weird for me to the way that they do fan service I think is like very, very tasteful. Because it's within the... Like, for example, like... Um, at the end of Avengers Endgame, when, like, Captain America gets, you know, Molnir, you know, is worthy, you know, like... It, yeah, it's fan service, because it's cool to see Captain America with fucking Thor's hammer, but it, right. like, has emotional weight of the movie. Like, it, yeah, it's like, that's, oh, that's, a, yeah. That's, a really good, that's a really good example, because that is fan service that people really wanted but they wrote yeah. it in to happen at a really critical and important time right it was a it was a like it was a, a deus ex machina that's like is that the thing where like the god yeah yeah deus ex mm -hmm. machina yeah. where it's like something that that was really satisfying in the context of the story right so if you can do that with the spider-man film man that would be really cool because all mean, of this I, I think they could they absolutely could i agree um, yeah I just it just think looks it's gonna, it's gonna be it looks cool I think yeah. the movie looks great. I think yeah. it looks after coming off of the Turtles, which like I think is one of the honestly one of the best looking Marvel movies in my opinion. Um just because of like the color and like Chloe's eyes is like a really beautiful visual filmmaker. Looks great. The the visuals look really good in this movie. Like I don't know because some Marvel movies, you know, they have, like, this weird color grading that's, like, gray, you know? Um, and this movie, like, still has that, but, like, the Spider-Man movies, like, have kind of stood out, like, a little bit more color, a little bit more flash, you know, instead of, like, 
you know, the destroying drag looking, you know, and Shang-Chi as well. So maybe they're kind of learning from, from that, like avoiding, you know, kind of the dragness of like the Avengers films, for example, um, that just feel like, I don't even think, I have some color. I mean, what are you doing, man? That's just like, sometimes like, like the a scene of like Captain America Civil War, like one of the best scenes in the MCU when they all, you know, fight that, that amazing like 18 minute fight scene or whatever. Awesome scene. But it looks like bad. Like it looks just like gray. And it's like, it's just like, it's such a missed opportunity because you have all these characters yeah. with like these great colorful costumes. And I feel like, like I feel like I feel like Thor Ragnarok was kind of like an epiphany yeah, that, moment yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, because because after because in all the other previous Marvel movie movies, great. yeah, but that they they had this focus on trying to make it believable that these superheroes could exist mm-hmm. instead of just making the mm-hmm. movie believable yeah, in the right. world. And yeah. Thor Ragnarok really proved that it's just like. And maybe we needed all that other stuff. I don't really think we did need all that for like for Thor Ragnarok to work. Yeah. I th- big big but like sure. Thor Ragnarok yeah, really yeah, showed yeah. that like if you sort of and you Guardians, can push it. You know, Guardians. Yeah, thing. Guardians too. Totally. I Guardians. Think most Guardians, especially the second one. The second one is like super colorful. That's like a rave. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um so like, yeah, I mean yeah, I mean, the trailer looks great. I mean, there's not much to talk about because it's, it's a great trailer because it doesn't really give away kind of, like, what the main conflict of it is, really. Like, it, yeah. it seems like that, like, Dr. Strange says, Spider-Man has to kill these people. Like, because if he doesn't, you know, it's going to make sense, right? I mean... I think one of that that reminds me of something because one of the things I think would be really interesting about this story, which was kind of which was which I thought they might have been pushing towards, was a situation where they create this problem where the multiverse is colliding, Mm -hmm. and instead of it turning into uh, maybe a sort of Bosch Bosch rush thing where Spider Man fights all the supervillains ever. Yeah, right. It all it turns into sort of like this conflict between Doctor Strange and Spider Man. Well, that it, is it, it pretty does interesting look to a me. little bit like that, that might be leading towards that because there's yeah. that great shot in the trailer when he fucking punches Spider Man and you know has that amazing Doctor Strange thing yeah. where he knocks his soul out I, of his body. Right. <laughs> I, I hope that that I hope that that is. Well, I don't really know what I hope. Really, what I just hope is that the story, I'm just, it's just all about if the story is going to be there. Because yeah. these components are cool, but they're just cool until you can make them right, work exactly. in a story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. It comes out, like, soon. Like, like yeah. a month. This, this Christmas, Spat Monday. This is cool, man. Like, it's, it's cool. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Listen. This Christmas, it's going to feel like Christmas. It's a Spider-Man movie. We got Licorice Pizza, the new PTA movie. Yeah, I'm going to be, cool. be happy, all right? That's two of my happy, favorite things ever boy. in the cinema world are coming out this year in the same month. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and yeah, so I guess I could just, like, I kind of want to talk about the kernels with you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was, I could, yeah, I and I also think it's, like, that. interesting because... Um, so Eternals is, if you guys have read the news, like headlines and things, is the lowest rated Marvel movie um, of all time. 
of all the um, on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I don't, I don't know about user score, but like I don't really. It doesn't mean anything to me, um, because you know people can just spam that shit. And, like, yeah, you know, and uh, Robin Tomatoes Mar- is Marvel questionable. Kinda. I mean, it's a good congregate of all like critics, all the critics here. In the well, well, the congregate is like really kind of messed up. It, like the the final total of what like fresh and is not can really be oh, weighed. Yeah, yeah. Like, certain publications have different uh, scales on which yeah. what is well, and fresh also, and what's rotten. Yeah. And also, it's an average of those right. things, which right. can be really misleading. Right. Yeah, well, um, I, I think, like, that's what people should know going in, is that it's an average, you know? Yeah. It's not, like, it's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think, like, that's, like, a big misconception about Rotten Tomatoes, like, and just, like, the general public, I think, is that people forget that it's a, it's not just this one publication that's, like, this movie's bad, or this movie's good. It's, like, no, yes. it's, like, it's a combination of a lot of well-respected people in the industry, who write about movies and their and their reviews of the movie, but it's also weird, like you were saying, this Hollywood Reporter you can read the review and it seems super positive, but because yeah. it's like for some reason, like if you rated it like a six out of ten, for example, like it might not be fr- not be credited as a fresh tomato. In yeah, the it's so it's, it's so weird. it's so messed up trying to put yeah. a number to quality. It's so but, hard. But that being said, I mean, like that's still interesting to talk about. I think yeah, yeah, that it I is agree. the lowest movie because I saw it. Um, I saw it opening weekend, and I'll say I barely liked it. Like I barely <laughs> liked it. Um, and I think, like, if you're a fan of Marvel movies, you should definitely see it worth seeing. Because what makes me kind of upset about it being the lowest Marvel movie is that it's one of the most unique Marvel movies, in my opinion. Hmm. It's one of the most unique and, like, bold, if I'm being completely honest with you. The issue with the movie that nearly brought me to, like, be, like, pretty frustrated with the movie is that the first, like, two-thirds of the movie, while there were some issues with it, I was thorough, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, it's a really interesting story, and it's unlike any Marvel movie made. I mean, it's about these uh, group of Eternals, where basically they each have, like, a certain power, and they live, like, thousands and thousands of years helping different civilizations, you know, thrive and things like that. It's a cool concept of, like, mm-hmm. these superheroes that are helping humanity through these different time periods. And those scenes are really, really cool, like, seeing, you know, all that happen. And, um, and but the, the problem for me, the biggest issue with it is that it totally does not feel like a Marvel movie for, like, two-thirds. Like, truly and honestly. Like, Shang-Chi, like, yeah, like, it feels like a Marvel movie. But, like, for me, Eternals, like, minus, like, some of the, I thought, pretty solid humor, especially with, like, Kumail Nanjani's character, who I thought was super funny in the movie. And there's there's a great, like, little kind of, like, um, like gag in the movie that, like, runs throughout the film where... Khalil Johnny's character um, is, like, he became, like, a big Bollywood star. Um, mm-hmm. And he's kind of, like, this, like, big ego. And they have to bring him back into the fold. You know, he's been doing this for, like, 
40 years. They're, they're, they're like 7,000 years old or something. And yeah. he's been doing this for like 40 years or something. And they, <laughs> when they go find him, he's like, he's been this like Bollywood star like over generations, which yeah. is super funny. That is but funny. There's a, but there's a, uh, when he is asked to come back, join the team and, you know, they have to go fight this, you know, thing. <laughs> you know, this, this fucking they gotta fight being. the thing. They got yeah. the thing. It's gonna destroy the world. <laughs> it's um, that thing. Yeah, and I don't fucking remember. Um, <laughs> and uh, but he brings on like a documentarian to like re- like film the whole thing. So there's this That's like clever. really funny like Indian dude with like a camera. And he just makes like really funny like clips and shit like while they're like in a fight scene he's like like folding it and shit. like it's funny like that's really funny and I think Kanye like that is really funny but the issue is uh the ending sucks the the third act mm-hmm. of the movie sucks and it like really brings out the movie like there's a really bad twist uh a twist that like I didn't see coming but like sucked like you know what I mean like it's like I didn't see that coming but it I hate that that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Hate the hate the twist, and then but the movie devolves into the the Marvel bullshit. Like it's like we have to punch this big CGI fucking monster. Like it's like and in this horrible CGI environment, like on a beach that's like clearly like just there on in, in a blue room. And what's annoying about that is like. The film up to that was not that. Like, it was shot in, like, real environments. There's an awesome uh, forest sequence that I thought was, like, really well done. Um, and for the most part, I thought most of the characters were pretty interesting. Although some of the, like, powers are super dumb. Uh, <laughs> like, I love him, but Brian Terry Henry, who... Um, is in this. He's, I'm so happy he's in a world movie because he's, he's such a great actor. But his his power is like creating, like inventing things. So like he's the guy who would like invent the wheel, for for example, like for different. That's his power, and it's like. What kind of power is he's that? He's just like, he's just kind of clever. He's smart. <laughs> it's like what? And he like it's it's so like like I get it, like I understand it, but it's just lame. And then there's like a girl who's speedy, like she's just fast. Um, that was more scary than like she's mute. But the problem uh-huh. is that she's she's mute, and so. She's just like I. So whenever she would show up in the movie, I'm like, oh, I forgot you're even here. Like she just like <laughs> adds like nothing to the movie. Angelina <laughs> Jolie, I thought was like the most interesting character in the movie. Oh. Um, she had like the most like interesting kind of. I don't want to spoil it, but there, there's a lot to her character. I thought the main character, the main dude, I thought was super compelling. The main girl, not so much. It's just kind of all over the place, stylistically, and kind of just like, yeah. It's not bad though. I I I really I like it better than Captain Marvel. I mean, what the <laughs> fu- like? That to me was like the weirdest thing because I was like, I like that eons better than Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel to me is just the most violent number 
like bullshit while I'm reading that for you. It's just, it's so uninteresting to me yeah. at all. And, like, looking, at least Eternal has a really cool <clears throat> looking scenes in it, I thought. And the action was, like, pretty great, other than, like, the fucking ending, which is just horrible. Uh, but, like, up until that point, I thought it was really, like, engaging action. It's better than Thor The Dark World, like, Thor 2. It's better than Iron Man 2. Like, it, it's better than some Marvel's. Not the, not the greatest. It's not great. And one of the biggest things that, even coming out of it, uh, post-credit scenes are kind of cool. Um, pretty cool. Like, there's one that made me laugh so hard, not because it was funny, just because it was like it introduces a character that I had no idea was even gonna be in the MCU, let alone who was playing him. Mm -hmm. I will not spoil it, but it is funny as shit. I can't wait to see what that. I think it's gonna be in Guardians 3. Um, But the other thing too is like, when it ended, I was like, what was that for? Like, it just didn't add. Like, I was like, what does this add to the MCU? Like, there's no... And there, I'm sure they have a plan. I'm sure they have a plan. I, I probably thought that when I first saw Guardians. I was like, I love this movie, but, like, what... Like, what... How... Like, Where's what it going? Are, you know, they're in space and everything else is on Earth. They made that work super well. Um, so, like, I don't know. They, they feel like they have a plan with the Turtles. But, like, right now, I'm just so confused and, like, what the fuck, like, their purpose is and, like, what, why they even exist in this world. Um, so, it's interesting. I don't, I don't think it's great, but I definitely don't think it's the worst world movie, for sure. I also, I do actually understand if, if the ending's bad for this film, why people are in such an uproar about it. That, that totally explains why it's such a, it's been such uproar? a bad... Not uproar, but you know, everyone's disappointed <laughs> it's, about it. Or people, yeah, it's definitely disappointing for sure. Oh uh, yeah, it's and definitely disappointing. It's it's amazing how if you don't get that ending right, which Shang Shang Chi, Shang Chi didn't Shang-Chi have a bad cool, ending. Though. It, it, it had it, a good. It, it had cool. a good. Shang Chi had a good. It had a good. Actually, ending, I saw but this the great point on Twitter. I saw this amazing point on Twitter. Where actually, the, which I thought was super cool, but the fight between him and his dad, you know, like how like kind of fucking cool that scene kind of looked. And yeah. there was a great point that someone made on Twitter where, like, because somebody was like arguing that that looked like that was like it worked because it looked so cool, but it's like no, it doesn't work. It, it works because of the drama that's attached to it. You know, it's not mm. like. It's not just for CGI show. Like, there's, you know, that movie's good. Like, there's drama there. You care about his dad and their relationship. That's the core of the movie. That's, like, it's a family drama, you know? Right, um, right. So that's why that fight is, like, exciting. and like, works on, a like, a different level than, than just, like, a cool CGI fight. But I think, like, when they fight, they just... You know, <laughs> the dragons. While they look cool, it was just, like... You know, it's just... Marvel third accent, which yeah. is like I'm waiting for the movie to like subvert that. There's only been a few Marvel movies that have like subverted from the typical uh, third act Marvel movie. Doctor Strange being one of them. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that to compare and, to. And um, Infinity War. Um, you know, 
But most of the other ones, they end the same way, you know. And most action yeah. movies end the same way. I think it's kind of weird to complain about, you know. Um, well, just it's just movies, like, but it's just like, it's, it's. Gotta have a yeah. climactic battle. It's just, it's, it's, they it's all have formula, like a. Uh, but it's, it's the point, the point being about why that's so disappointing is because it doesn't bring the story to an interesting well, that's, conclusion. Well, that's my point. It's like, I wouldn't care. Like, I, I, I honestly don't care that much about, like, I enjoyed Shang-Chi. I enjoyed most Marvel movies. Um, but, like, the problem is, for me, is that Eternals betrayed it itself because the rest of it did not feel like that. And then the third act just felt like, oh, we have to have this big CGI monster now that everybody has to punch you know and which the movie yeah, didn't right. feel like that the whole time it, it's a very quiet movie and a very like character driven movie which i thought was like really refreshing honestly yeah um so like it is disappointing to see so many people hating on it because it attempts to do something that other Marvel movies don't did it work all the all the time no but i will i give it credit for yeah, but it's, it's interesting. It's interesting because Eternals. That's actually a really interesting point because Eternals will probably be punished, not punished, but the innovations well. in Eternals <laughs> will be will be dismissed because yeah. of Eternals not being received as well, or maybe it won't be. But it's interesting because the reason that it wasn't received well was probably not because of the ways it was different. Is because it was the ways that it turned out to be the same as all the other Marvel movies. Exactly. Yeah. But it will. But we will probably see less change in those films yeah. and more of the same before we see a more dramatic change i mean there's also like just not even like there's also just like basic film problems there's a lot of like weird coincidences that like happen that like honestly like happen and obviously like plot holes and things like that exist in good budget movies but solo are so small that you either like don't notice them are your first viewing, or you get, or they're so insignificant that you don't really care, you know? Yeah. Um, in this movie, there were like a couple times where like a character would show up, or like an object would show up out of nowhere that is super yeah. sig- super. Like, there's a, this hilarious moment. I guess I'll just say this. It's not a spoiler. Yeah, anything, go for it. There's a goddamn hilarious moment where a character. So I won't explain this, but the character, so there's, like, there's uh, alien wolves, like, there's uh, creatures that are going to kill these people. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 and, I, I know, I saw yeah, them in the yeah. trailer. Kind of I cool know what you're talking about. And a character falls down this cliff and lands on, it, they're on ice, it's like a frozen lake, okay? Yeah. Like, no one's there except for two characters. One, one falls down, and she... This character is not very powerful. Like, she has, like, her power isn't strength. It's like she can turn things into, like, like sand or, like, water. She can, like, turn things into, like, okay. different things. Transmorgify stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> so she's in a, in a pickle. Like, on this ice <laughs> and these two things are coming after her. I sit you out, Jesse. I'm not kidding. She literally is on this... They're in the middle of nowhere. They're on like a fucking ice lake. Okay. Yeah. These two kids and she turns to her right. There's a shotgun laying <laughs> like right next to her. She picks it up. I'm like, where did I literally turn like I'm like, where did this shotgun come from? 
Like, it's just there? Like, what? Well, how does it have bullets in it? What the why hell? Couldn't he, why couldn't she? She could. They could have. If she can transmogrify stuff, couldn't she have, like, maybe they could have had a scene where she, like, made a shotgun? <laughs> no, she doesn't have that power. Oh, okay. No. Not that much transmogrifying. Yeah, just that's something to think about. Like, you're either going to, like, like the, 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 how each character has one specific power, you know? Yeah. Like, I thought that was kind of interesting, like, because of how they, like, work yeah. together. And I, I ultimately thought, I think the Eternals themselves are interesting. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see the characters moving forward. And I think that was kind of the main goal of the movie, yeah. you know, to, like, introduce them. So that way it worked, you know? I don't dislike any of the Eternals. Um, I think they're all fine. It's just the movie they're in. It's, it's great. It reminded me of, um... Oh, look, there's a girl movie that, like, an introductory movie. Oh, fuck! Can't remember. <laughs> and, and just, there's a girl movie that I kind of felt similar, similar way to where I liked the character a lot, but I don't like the movie that they're in. Maybe it's the first yeah. floor or something. But. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's just making me... With, the Eternals trailer is something that has been... That put something to my mind that I've been concerned about because... It's it's starting to get very fatiguing that every Marvel movie is motivated by a world-ending event. Yep. Um, it's fine for every superhero movie to be pushed in a way where the consequences are dire enough where it's life-ending for yeah. the hero's character. Exactly. And there's a lot of movies like that up until Thanos. I feel like most movies were like, I, am I yeah. wrong about that? I feel like most of them were motivated where there was situations where it was really... But, like, like dire to the main character. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Like, all of them were like that. Right. Um... But but it was it was very contained with with being with within the world the of world that character. Blow thing. up. The kernels is very like the world will blow up. <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's that's the kind of writing, and that's the thing that I didn't like about Shang Chi either. It was it's yeah. just like I just like I saw Thanos. That was the thing that felt like well, the threat against that, the world. I feel like Shang Chi wasn't the world ending thing though. It was kind of just a threat to that to that what? land. Well, I thought that like the dragon coming out, they expressed the dragon coming out and like fucking up that land so was gonna lead to catastrophic well, world yeah. ending events. But I guess like yeah, that's true. They could have just not mentioned that and it would have been fine. Like, yeah, just, just make like, it protect your right. land. It's so easy. They could have written around that so easily. I um, know. Oh, Spider Man, I thought the first especially homecoming, <laughs> I thought that was one of the things that like I didn't love about the first time I saw it or whatever is like the ending seems very insignificant, but yeah. the more the more times I watch it, the more I'm like, oh, like, it's actually a great ending because it's, it's more about Peter and his journey. Like, the Falcon was just, he was just going to fuck up some, yeah. like, I don't even remember. <laughs> like, I think he was just going to, like, he wasn't going to destroy the world. That was yeah, he just wanted plan. money. He was just stealing money. Yeah, he wanted money. money. He was money hungry. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. stealing shit. Yeah, Which, right. you know, that's kind of interesting because there's also a dynamic of, like, problem characters in, like, the Iron Man 3 guy with his whips who are just, like, yeah. too insignificant for me to care about. <laughs> yeah, right. But, like, you need that, like, you need that well, blend because, I like... Although I the boldness of that, I really admire. As much as I don't <laughs> love the Iron Man 3 yeah. twist, you know, the boldness of that, like, the, the farther I get from it, I'm like, that's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. ballsy that Shane Black did that. 
<laughs> yeah, know, that's like the that's the the Mandarin thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Who? Yeah, right. Miraculously comes back and fucking saves you. That's really good. Person. I like. He was great. No, the last person I thought was gonna show up. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, well, I guess this all comes back to the point is I hope Spider Man No Way Home is one of those movies that kind of like pushes it in. I think so. I mean, the, the two Spider Man movies before it were like that. You know, yeah. I mean, even, even Far From Home was not world ending. It was, it was basically yeah. Mysterio wanted to ruin Spider Man by, by framing him. And, and, you know. Yeah, that's absolutely you know, right. Yeah. That's he true. basically was just fucking with him. Like, yeah. you know, and like, he wasn't like, I'm going to destroy the world. Like, yeah. no, like, well, he, you did, okay. So that's, that's like the thing that's the threat about the multiverse too, because now yeah. that we've added this in about it, like everyone's events having this ripple effect on everyone, uh-huh. it sort of removes this potential to just sort of be in the world of just Spider-Man or like just Captain America exactly. or just that's, Iron that's Man like, or That was kind of the is. point that I was trying to make. It's like, because of this, it's like. I don't know, maybe on the end they close the multiverse and this is just like a one kind of thing. You know, this is a one time thing. But I don't know, Marvel. It's funny. So, it's man. funny because like if we were if we were if we were talking because I remember when Far From Home came out, yeah. there was talks about this be, that being the movie that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield is going to be in. Really? And I yeah, I remember I remember talking about that and being disappointed that like that didn't happen. You know, it's just like oh well, of course that wasn't going to happen. I was yeah. feeling disappointed. It's just like well, Spider Man Spider-Man did it so well. Why don't they just why don't they try oh, to do yeah. it? Yeah. And now and now I feel so differently about it because it's mm-hmm. like now it's about because I used to see that as the way. To expand the possibilities of how things could write. And now I see it more as like this potential to st- make everything stagnant again, which is kind yeah. of funny that my mind should have sifted about that. Because yeah. if you talk about me, if you if you asked me a year ago or two yeah. years ago, I'd probably be way more excited about it. I'm still like, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. But because just because it's Spider Man, I know that's the other I'm thing. Like, I, it's I wa- still cool. I'm excited <laughs> to see it. Just seeing Tony Maguire showing up in a Spider Man outfit is just gonna like make me like it's gonna be like holy shit. You know? Yeah. So like being Spider Man again, that's well, the coolest well, thing the, ever. The other thing that's cool and about it's exciting because like what if what if Tony Maguire just becomes part of the MCU now, and he's like, that'd be really cool. See, that would be cool. Like, if they somehow, like, 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 if they become like, (laughs) we just get a solo Tobey Maguire movie again. No, not just that, but like, that would be a a crazy movie. Like, like, but the problem is, it would be cool, (laughs) but now I said, now, but I literally just forgot to explain Spider Verse. Yeah. I was like, oh, you get a two. You get like an older Spider-Man who's like a mentor to the yeah. new Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, well, they already fucking did that movie, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, the other thing that is a good sign for the new Spider-Man movie is that all of these characters that they're introducing, like every single one, all the villains, yeah. even fucking Venom, they're all fantastic actors. Oh, my God. Actors. Venom is going to be a movie. Yeah, right. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. 
but they're all really great actors. So yeah, yeah and the movies they may have been in, like um, Electro and stuff <laughs> like that, yeah. they're pretty fucking awful. Or Andrew yeah. Garfield, but these guys yeah. are great actors. Great they actors. could really yeah. pull oh, off yeah. some I'm, dynamic I'm not, characters. I'm, not, I'm literally I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Well, I'm I am worried about how they choose to direct right. these amazing well, yeah, actors exactly right. because yeah. it could go very very because we see them we see them go bad. Who hasn't been in a movie in like 10, 10 years? That's true. Oh, what if what? he's like fat? What if he's fat Spider Man? I, I would. I would. I would love that. He would, would do it too. Nah, he can't be. I don't think. I think he can't be fat. It's impossible for that guy to be fat. Put, they put fake fat on him. They put CGI oh, fat, just on fat on him. They put like they put like they put give him like a like the Baron in Dune. They make him like that. Um, did it look like to you that they put like CGI like the aging on? Otto Octavius. You know, he did look a little weird. A little bit. Yeah, like, they're pretty good weird. at that, though. Like, remember in Captain Marvel how, like, crazy, like, because they did that yeah, Samuel L. Jackson, Jackson he great. just looked young. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, in Samuel L. Jackson's, in the, in, the, in the situation with that, it is, he does look so much younger, but Samuel L. Jackson also this has aged young. beautifully. Right, exactly, yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like de-aging Keanu Reeves. It's like, that's yeah, so right. much less work than yeah, like exactly. trying to de-age, de like, you know. Like Paul Rudd. De-age Bill Murray, I dare you. Yeah. De-age Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, he would, it would be a nightmare to try to de-age Bill Murray. Um, also, kind of disappointing, this is just such a Feldman thing, but... <laughs> Doc Ock's arms in Spider-Man 2 were uh -huh. practical. They were real, uh, tangible things. Puppets. They're, they're, yeah. We still watch that movie today. Looks I mean, Spider-Man 2 is like one of my favorite movies of all time, period. But, I mean, it looks amazing. Just think about that amazing scene where they become sentient. And the, the operating scene operating is so... Sam uh, Raimi just going full so evil down in, in Spider-Man. Um... But that's all real. There's a tangible thing that because they're real. It's puppets. It's you know behind the scenes of that is super cool to watch because it's it's you see a bunch of people literally like puppeteering each arm. Yeah. So we're it gonna miss that. Great. You know the the, the the arms are obviously CGI yeah. in the city. Um, but you know it's just you know this is the way of the world. It's just the way of the world. And like if you. I get it, because if you, you want to do cooler shit, you know. Um, but I mean, in Spider-Man 2, it's a mix, obviously. It's who I am. Yeah. Um, but actually, Spider-Man 2 is, like, mind-blowing how good the CGI still is in that movie. Like, it still like, it still blows my mind. Like, that train sequence is still, like, yeah, unbelievable still to watch. Yeah. Like, it's, but it's mostly CGI, obviously. But it's, it's so amazing to watch. I don't know what they were smoking, what ILM was doing. <laughs> they, were just, they were just on it. And then, like, even the scenes were, like, they're, they're that great scene when, uh, Auto robs the bank, and there's that whole chase. I've seen that movie like 20 times. There's this whole like chase scene, um, and Doc Ock is climbing the you know the buildings, and yeah. they're like having that's all CGI looks amazing. I don't know yeah. what it looks incredible. I love this movie. I love them. I love them. <laughs> I love everything about them. I love how they're. I just love how they're directed. To me, Sam Raimi, like I I don't think. The action scenes in those Spider-Man movies have yet to be, like, a clip for me, like, in a Spider-Man movie. Like, they yeah. look 
so good. They look so good. And they're so, like, especially with action movies, especially, like, superhero movies, is that in those Spider-Man movies, the first two, even in the third one, you feel those punches. Like, the way that Sam Raimi directs the action scenes is so visceral and so, like, like that fucking end scene of the first Spider-Man when he's, when he's fighting the goblin and the goblin is just punching Peter. Like, you feel every just punch and you just feel him just, like, deteriorating. It's so amazing. Such incredible shit. But yeah. now it's just like, I don't know, it's just, because it's CGI, I feel like, they're just, they're just, they're just able to go bigger, but listen, just, it's not, not the characters. It's not yeah, like, you yeah. Know, I wish, I wish. Take a book from, take a page from like Mad Max, you know, or Mad Max Fury Road, you know, that has big, giant CGI fuck fest. But 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 it's keeping it character and keeping it visceral and keeping it intense when it actually should be, man. I know. When people are punching each other, it's not cool. It's fucking fucking nasty. Especially when big superheroes are punching each other. It doesn't have to be bloody or gory. Just make me feel the punches. Spider-Man is PG-13. Dude. I still, I'm 24. When I watch that movie, I'm like, <laughs> I'm still like, oh, like it's terrifying. Like that, that <laughs> last scene in Spider-Man is like fucking crazy. It's like, it's so, oh, it's, it's just the makeup and everything. It's just, because it's all real. It's all real. Yeah. It's all dirt. And I mean, it's shot I, think, on I, film. Think, <laughs> I think I feel like another thing, too, is like the choice yeah. in how things are directed or how things are choreographed yeah. in general, because a lot of times how we see these things is through. Um, it's almost like they show us too much because they yeah, have exactly. the ability yeah. with CGI totally. to show us like the whole event yeah. happening. Oh, yeah. It's like show us a close up that's not in slow mo. Yeah. Just I show mean, us just a, a close, a really visceral close up, or yeah. a really just yeah. simple shot, like shot reverse shot, like good choreographed yeah. fight scene. That's not like Jackie right. Chan like flippy floppy shit. It's cool you know? What I'm yeah. saying. Well, and the other thing too, Jackie Chan. Is not doing crazy flippy floppy shit. He's doing like what well, a human being can do. Real, man. Yeah, he's like he and he's like and it's like real like punching, which he's fast because he's Jackie Chan. Right. But like <laughs> what like like deviate a little bit. Be, make make it. I, I don't know. I did have a thought though. Okay. The Batman, the Matt Reeves Batman looks like it's bringing that shit back though. That I, movie yeah. looks practical. It looks like just actually shot like a film. You know, like it's shot, like it has like fucking shot on film. It has, you know, it has that oh, cinematic cool. look. You know, yeah. So like I'm excited, I'm excited for that shit. I'm excited yeah, for that. It, it, it feels really visceral in a way that I always wanted Batman to feel. Um, I was watching, I was watching again Corridor. I mentioned them a lot because they really do yeah. a good job of talking about making me appreciate CGI and also understand why yeah. I don't appreciate CGI. Yeah. But they were talking about stunts and they were showing this really funny clip uh, that and explaining why the Christopher Nolan's Batman's fight sequences <laughs> uh -huh. were just sort of like lackluster and they just showed a clip that a lot of times some of the a black bang fight is iconic as shit you yeah know? i mean yeah. that bang fight is like one of the best superhero moments in 
okay but yeah other yeah. than other than that <laughs> yeah but it, it's like it's like the it's yeah so i'm excited for the matt reeves the oh. batman too because i just i'm so it just looks it looks, it looks so pretty and really intense oh. it just feels right to me it just it feels, feels so it feels right. really cool and what's also exciting about that is that it's a one-off they're like we're just playing this one movie and that's it you know yeah that's cool. like Sick, dude. Oh. Like, just, that, that read screams to me, we made a film. Yeah. We made a film. If you don't like this film, fuck you. <laughs> if you like this movie, cool. You're not getting oh. anymore. Watch yeah. this for the rest of your life. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. not relying on sequels. And sure, they probably are, are opening. Like, the, the movie will probably, they're not going to kill Batman or something. But, like, so they're probably going to lead it open to a sequel, but it's not going to be like, Wait till the next one. You know, it's like, no, it's just going to be like, we made this one movie and, you know, if it, if it works, it works. If it makes yeah. money. Which, this is the type Come on, this guys. Is, this is the type of money. thing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. This is the, that, that, honestly, that might be the way that DC could kind of make a uh, competition against Marvel because I mean, they're, this... start, they're, they're doing pretty good well. I yeah. mean, like, their recent films are doing pretty well. So. But, but like and they're I taking like that avenue because what they have the option to do is that they have a really also a very interesting cast of superhero characters, which people totally. clearly like superheroes. And Marvel's sort of stuck in this sequelitis phenomenon, have, which bro, DC has like the best superheroes, right? <laughs> you know, Batman, some of the Superman, most... I mean, come on, and if, Aquaman. If they get... If they can... <laughs> give me a break, the Green Lantern, the Green Lantern is fucking awesome. I would if love get, to see like a real good Green Lantern movie. So that cool. would be cool. Because they could, if they go like this route of doing more director-driven superhero movies like mm -hmm. Joker and right. the Batman, it could be that could be really cool. That could be it really, is cool. Really cool. I mean, James Gunn with the Suicide Squad. That was totally like a James Gunn movie, you know? Right, right, right. Like it's cool that they're going in that direction. And they're letting. What would also be awesome is if they do that, and then Marvel's like, "That's a good idea," and then Marvel puts right. their Marvel money in behind a director, the and then they is, start doing shit like that. The problem is they gotta start. The movie's gonna stop. They gotta like stop, stop making money for them. They're, Marvel's being they're so know. successful that like why would they why would they do that? You know? Why would they stop? Why would like they they're Colonels, their lowest rated movie that was still really successful, successful. You know, I think. yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, we'll see. It's all. It will if 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 Spider Man sucks, which it most definitely it, probably it, it won't. won't. No, no, <laughs> if Spider Man sucks, then they probably have to change up their game a little bit. But Spider Man yeah. probably won't suck, so they probably will continue to do the same thing for a while. But Spider Man I, could not suck in a way that could make what they are doing very exciting. Yeah. Dude, I need a I need another Superman movie. Yeah, I need like a new. Superman movie. I need like a new take on Superman. I want like a, a filmmaker to come in and that's not Zack Snyder and make like what the f like guys, why is everybody obsessed with Zack Snyder? He sucks. Like it's just because like, movies make money, I guess. Um Yeah. Those movies are trash. I mean, they're all terrible. Like even though I like enjoyed some of these movies, but like Come on, Batman is like, what? Oh. I mean, the Justice oh. League was good when he finally 
but it, the four-hour cut but that's unrealistic that four-hour yeah. movie will never be in theaters well again. I mean, the other thing about yeah. justice league the four-hour cut is that it was much better than the original cut way better than the original cut yeah. but it still I, mean, was I, would, a, I would call it a good movie yeah. i would but I, I would call it it's it's it was it was cooler for me in the moment and it hasn't lasted as a good movie no i haven't really thought about it but it definitely yeah. like enjoyed it yeah uh well do but you anyway. want to talk do you want to talk about a really good movie yeah yeah like so, a really really good movie yeah i don't know how we have a really mentioned it but so okay so um wes anderson Wes. So we never reviewed Andy. a Wes Anderson movie. This is we kind have, of, have we? We've uh, never kind of reviewed obvious. one. We've only no, mentioned one. No, because, him. like, well, this is the first one that's come that's out come since we've gone the podcast. So. And we just decided, like, that whole COVID period when we were just like, let's watch a movie. We just never chose a Wes Anderson yeah, yeah, film, I guess. Bizarre. Um, yeah, we're. Um, but, so, he is. He, no introduction. The guy is. He's Wes Anderson. Incredible, incredible movie. He's movies. the guy. The fucking years. Uh, before we review his newest film, The French Dispatch, that just came out. Uh, I don't really know if I saw this. I think I saw this like a week or two before it came out. Because I was in L.A. So they were doing like advanced screenings of it. Because I had to pay some more money to see it. But anyway, I had to pay like $25 <laughs> to see it or something. Because it was like an advanced screening. But I was like, yeah. I mean, it's... It's Wes, so I'm going to pay I'll pay, <laughs> I'll pay 25. So, um, so he is, you know, an amazing filmmaker. He, he's a, he's a, I would definitely call him a film bro director. You know, he's definitely like people who like Tarantino and shit like that. He's yeah. in that camp where a lot, he has a lot of fans, you know, but for good reason. Yeah, His films he's a are, film. He's a film auteur. He's an auteur. Totally. And he, he's one of the best modern ones. Uh, he's yeah. one of the only ones really left that is truly an auteur, that is, like, making truly original movies story-wise, aesthetic-wise. You know, nothing look, like feels and looks like his movies, especially the ones he's making now. You know, his earlier work, he kind of, like, the Bottle Rocket Rushmore and uh, the world catalogs who definitely like point to like, yeah, this is like some things that I've seen, but ever since then, you know, there's nothing like Life Aquatic, there's nothing like Grand Ludacris Hotel, yeah. And the only things yeah. that are like Grand Ludacris Hotel are the Friends Dispatch. Um, right, so, <laughs> so, so he's a true original, he's one of my favorite filmmakers, he's made some of the best films of the 20. Um, um, the the 90s, the, the 2000s, the 2010s, he's amazing. He, every time he comes out for a movie, it's like a fucking event. And we had to, we had to wait to see this, because it was supposed to come out last year, or the pandemic, it pushed it to a year because of Oscar buzz. I'm sure that this film's going to get a lot of Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Um, uh, like Grand Budapest did. Uh, I think this film is uh, gonna get almost the same noms, writing, directing, art direction, sound, everything. I think this film is uh, masterful. I think this film is absolutely excellent. Uh, I've not stopped thinking about it. I think I saw it like three weeks ago. 
incredible. I'm sorry I'm literally watching Wes Anderson's movies just because I think we're going to do a Rent uh, yeah. podcast, which I'm super excited about because Reggie's movie, it's not like Tarantino where, like, uh, you know, we were pretty much the same. I think we had, like, a couple that were, like, a little different. Yeah, but obviously but, Pulp Fiction was one. <laughs> right. But, but with Wes Anderson, I, I don't know where you're going. You probably don't know where I'm going either. So. I, I really don't. Um, no, I'm really excited. But the thing about Wes Anderson is, too, is that, in my opinion, he hasn't had a bad movie. His movies are literally good to, like, phenomenal. So, like, you know, it's 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 like picking your favorite children. It really is. Especially, like, these yeah. last... Yeah. films like this film Grand Budapest Fantastic Mr. Fox like it's like picking like children it's like what yeah. I, I love all these fucking movies you know but so that should be a lot of fun yeah so re-watching all these films been fucking super fun I saw this movie a while ago you just saw this recently so I think yes. you're more fresh on it and right off the bat I think I think I told you this before you saw it to me this is his most like dense movie that he's ever made. Oh, this yeah. movie is uh, a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of critics, not a lot, but there's some critics who review this uh, not as positively as some. And this, this is a criticism that I 100% can, like, I don't agree with it, but I can 100% see. <laughs> This is this is a lot. Like there's a lot going on in this movie. There's a lot of like crazy Wes Anderson. There's a lot of experimental things that Wes Anderson does in this film with the different changes in aspect ratios. You know, all the, like he's bringing almost every elk. There's animated sequences in this movie that just come out of fucking nowhere. There's just like you so know beautiful. so many different. Uh, styles that he's bringing in. If you're already on board with Wes Anderson's movies, you know, I, you're gonna hate this. Like, you're gonna fucking hate Like, you're gonna, like, you're gonna hate it. Like, if you don't like Grand Pinot Quest, just don't even, just don't even watch this. Like, this movie is, yeah. you're going to hate this if you, if you don't like Wes Anderson's movies. But if you're a fan of him, I can't see you not liking this movie uh, a little bit. Um, and there's a lot of interesting things to talk about, I think. Um, but, yeah, I think this is, like... Do I like this as much as Grand Budapest? I don't know yet. Um, I, saw, I just watched Grand Budapest last night. Fucking, I mean, it's, 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 it's so good. I think I prefer the leanness of, that, of Grand Budapest uh, right now. You know, I've only seen Crunchy's class once. And it yeah. is so much... There is so much to take in. And I definitely didn't pick up on everything, you know, the first time I saw it, because it's almost impossible. <laughs> and yes. just the amount of shit that's in this movie and story. Um, so, yeah, that's that's just my first thing about this movie. <sighs> yeah, dude, wow. Excellent. I think you it can't, the... It's just... It's the best movie of the year for me so far. Yeah, it's hard to beat. I mean, I think, you picked, I think you picked the perfect word to describe how what this movie is in dense. It's it's so dense, yeah. and and I think a very good way. But I also think to your to your point, I think that its denseness is what can be a real turnoff or yes. difficulty about this totally. movie. Absolutely, um, because um, what I thought was absolutely phenomenal and really exciting about the French Dispatch was how it shows. Uh, it shows that 
Wes Anderson has gained a mastery of the film medium and is mm-hmm. pushing it in a way yeah. that's different than how Hitchcock pushed his mastery. Hitchcock pushed his mastery by developing a formula and then creating better and better and better yeah. movies within that formula. Right. Wes Anderson has mastered how yeah. films work and is just taking yeah. like more of the guidelines and like the structure away. That was and one of the like, things that my sister and I, because my sister and I, um, I think Wes Anderson had were it's something that like, we like really bond over is Wes Anderson movies. Like we, we try to go see Wes Anderson movies together like as much as we can. So it's great that we got to see Friends this past together because it's like Wes Anderson like Fantastic Mr. Fox is like her favorite movie and it's one of my favorite animated movies just because I grew up with it. I mean yeah. came out when I was ten. Perfect age. Haven't seen anything like that. Like, I watched that movie like on repeat when I was like me and my sister just watch that movie all the fucking time. Like what I still do. If I'm like bored and I'm like, oh what do I what do I want? I just put that shit on because it's, it's it's a comfort movie. It really is. Yeah. It's like one of the yeah. like movies that I just always go back to. Um and but what we said when we walked out was like, dude, this guy he's getting a little too powerful. He's getting, yeah. <laughs> but to your exact point, is he's basically getting to this point where he's mastered his, like I said, I started, I've been re-watching his movies. I'm trying to watch them in, in order. Um, and, like, I, I watched the first three in order. Um, I'm going to watch uh, Life Aquatic probably tomorrow. But, like, um, you know, you're, you as you watch his movies in order, you really see, like, in my opinion, Rush War, I mean, it was like, he's already, like, mastered traditional filmmaking with, with that. Like, you watch that, you're like, whoa. Like, you can't really, it's just like, you yeah. can't really get, the Royal Tenenbaums who started to experiment more. It started to, kind of this, what I like to call kind of, like, storybook storytelling. You know, kind yeah, of these, that's a good way to you know, it. like these, you know, the crazy set design. Not, not as much as the Royal Tenenbaums. You see glimpses of it. And that, and then really going all out in the life aquatic, right? Oh, and <laughs> kind of, but in my opinion, going almost too far, and then kind of condensed it back. You know, he's it's really cool to watch his movies in order because you really can see. I can already tell, like you can really see the evolution of him. And yeah. when you get to this, you're just like the fucking set design in this movie is insane, bro. It's fucking incredible. It's like every fucking shot. And like, you do the Grand Budapest too. like, but this movie is like, not just like, is it dense in a story perspective, so we can go to, but just like, in a visual sense. There's so much going on in like, one frame of this movie. Like, yeah. he's able to like, have like, so many like, incredible visual things going on that just are constantly creative constantly yeah like that's the most mind-blowing thing about see this is i really wish wes anderson could direct no way home because if he (laughs) could direct no way home he he could he's that kind of mastery is the kind of guy if i heard him i mean obviously if i heard wes anderson directing a spider-man movie i would have full confidence because it's wes anderson but the but my point is along the lines yeah yeah it would be but my point is is that it's like it's 
I have so much trust in him to bring all yeah. of these infinite amount of qualities in different things, black and white, different aspect yeah. ratios, yeah. different languages, people talking in different languages, switching between color and black and white within the shots, having weird surrealism, having like not intricate multiple vignettes that connect into a full story, cutting between a different character, every, new sets of character every 15 minutes and somehow making all of these things that he he somehow compiles together in in a way that films are not typically compiled together yeah. to make it work in well, the that's end. It. So that brings me to like the, what kind of the short movie is about. So like this film is about um, the Bill Murray, who's the editor of the French Dispatch. Which is a newspaper journalist newspaper. Uh, thing. Yeah. And he is dying, correct? He's well, he's dead at the beginning of the movie. He has a heart attack and dies. At the beginning or he dies at the end? No, he dies. It the 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 beginning of the movie opens by saying that the that oh, the, the, narration. The, 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 the narration says that the editor in chief Bill Murray has died, and then it's <laughs> Bill, a, and Bill Murray Bill himself. <laughs> Bill Murray himself has died, yeah. and he's made a request to put in the final issue, and then the movie yeah. is a flashback yeah. from that okay, point okay, okay. of the final like that see, issue see, getting made. See, like I I just feel like a long film. Yep. I even like, forgot about that. There's, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot going on. So right. yeah, time. So what, speaking of that, like time inconsistency. There's so much time. Yeah, there's a too. lot of flashbacks. So what this movie is, which I thought was so genius and so creative and so cool, was what we're watching are these articles that are being written in the final issue of the French Dispatch, um, and it's that's such a cool idea. Such a cool, so cool. such a cool like thing for him. And what's cool about this movie is it's allowing Wes Anderson to experiment. And what this movie is really is a series of vignettes. It's a series of about four, three or four. Yeah, vignettes. it's one. It's one short vignette at the beginning with and Owen Wilson, three longer which vignettes. is fucking incredible. Yeah, it's really uh, funny. Where Owen Wilson is uh, going around the the little friend's little cute little town, and you know. Like that's the thing about this movie is like, like that particular scene is like, does it add anything to the plot? No, but it's just so charming, so quirky. Just seeing Owen Wilson just you know go to like these different locations in the town and like what's going on in the town and then yeah. the community it sets up the, this world so beautifully. And Owen Wilson. Being on screen, I just I love that guy. I've been watching yeah. in any movie, let alone a Wes Anderson movie. I think he's I think he's just one of for me one of those actors that I can just I love him on screen in like any movie. Um, he's so charming. He's so charming and uh, and so funny. Uh, I think his Wes Anderson, him and Wes Anderson are like two peas in a pod because they are. I mean, they they relates. They wrote yeah. a lot of their early movies together. Yeah, and yeah. And, like all his films. Um, and so, yeah, so we get that one, and then we get what I think is, like, the best one is the, the Benicio Del Toro and Adrian Brody, which is the art, and they, they're all cut up with, like, the, I think the first, I don't forget what it, like, the community or something with Owen Wilson, and then art, the art section, yeah. and then we get, like, the political section and the food section, right? Yeah. That's the third, yeah. yeah and yeah. how they're... And we see the articles that are written by these. Yeah, and writers, it's, and it's like, all and it's it's these subsections that's talking about those 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 sections all relevant to this town or city of yes. the un, ennui. 
Oh yeah, right, right, right. Um, and uh, and it's 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 such a cool structure, and it allows Wes Anderson to like experiment within each vignette. And that's like I need to see it again. But the one criticism I'll just say it now that I had walking out of this was the 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 ways that he's experimenting with color and aspect ratios didn't click with me very well. Like especially oh, really? in the first Yeah, because like I just didn't get what was going on. Like I didn't understand like I didn't see it again. I didn't understand why it was just changing to a different aspect ratio. It didn't like add something to me. Like yeah. other than like um, when it, when he did it like Grand Ludacus where I felt like the changing of the aspect ratios like felt like it added to oh, the story and the emotional story. Well, and yeah. this, like, there were times where I just felt like it was like random. Like it was yeah. just it was just going to like <laughs> black and white for no reason, and it was well, like going, you know. Uh, but the, I didn't the, see it again because yeah, it, that's that's and interesting. I'm more particularly in the in the art section, it's yeah. not really. Doesn't really happen throughout the, the rest of the I, film. I love the switching between color and black and white, and I did not notice the aspect ratio things at all. After really, I did. Oh, I, I didn't did. notice it once. Oh, I did. Holy <laughs> shit! Uh, oh, I did. That's really. And funny. I don't know if it was the screening I saw. I don't know, but yeah. like, I'm sure you know, it changed the aspect ratio. Most of the movies four three, correct? Yeah. And then, but, <laughs> I have no idea, honestly. What do you mean? I was I was so absorbed. I have oh, no nice. idea. But yeah, no, there there are multiple. There's like just like. Like, especially the art section where, like, there are just moments where, like, the, the, you change the color, the, you got, you ever the color thing, right? Oh, you yeah, that, I was that, so, right? I was so yeah. into that, yeah. Yeah, but even that, like, I, I, I didn't really, I didn't really, like, it just felt like it was just, like, a thing to do, you know, yeah. it's just like, okay, I and can't... it kind of just took me out of it. But, I can't say, I was totally absorbed by it, and I can't say why yeah i i don't know why he did it but i liked it because it felt very expressive in an accurate way yeah like and it wasn't like necessarily like i should say i thematically understand why he switched to color i'm not there. saying that there's like, like a, there's probably not a, you're probably right I mean, there's probably not there's probably not a thematic way yeah um, i just felt like i don't know I, i'm probably gonna like it the second time i see it I, it I was more I, the aspect ratio changes that threw me off because that's such a like that to me is so deliberate. Like if you're gonna do that, like it's like you have to like I don't know. There's just, it's just such a for me it's just such a like when the aspect ratio changes. I'm like <laughs> like I'm watching a different movie, you know, right? Right. Of, and when yeah. it does it for a shot, you're like, what? What? You know? Yeah. And maybe he <laughs> is just experimenting. Maybe uh, he's just so like funny. maybe I could do this and well, just I, see what happens. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. I have to I have to watch it again and specifically pay attention to how I think about that. But yeah. I will say I will say that that dramatically switching between color as much as I thought it was interesting and cool, I will say it was jarring. It was it's very jarring. jarring. It was, yeah. I think it's purposely jarring. Yeah. And in that way, I think he wants you to think about you know like that. Thing because it's so jarring, right? Like you're not gonna like, you know what I mean? So, no, yeah, and there yeah. are other films that do things like this. Like, their wings is like an amazing example where the aspect ratio changes throughout that film and in relation to the main character's like emotional, you know, state, which is a really cool way to do things. Um, but anyway, that's not my only, you know, 
and then my other criticism of the Senate is that because and this is another thing that I will definitely probably change when I see it again, but when you make a movie that is like this where there are a lot of vignettes, there are ones that are better than others. And sometimes that can kind of drag for you. And if you like all the vignettes equally, then this film will work perfectly. But there were like the political, you know, the Timothy Saladay versus the government. I definitely didn't like that as much as the Benicio del Toro and Adrian Grody thing. And it's just because of like, because you're switching basically narratives like so quickly and different characters and, you know, introducing different characters all the time and these like kind of short vignettes, it could become like a little tiring and like a lot, you know, yeah. just because you're getting acclimated to like this new setting, these new characters, this new plot that he's throwing at you, you know, like, so for me, there were times where I was overwhelmed. Like, I was just overwhelmed. Yeah. I was like, I need to, like, cool off, you know? And that's probably a good thing. That's probably a positive in this film that you need to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, that's that's a know? good point. That's a good point. Because... But that's, like, it's just a problem that I have with vignette movies in general. Well, that are, you know? Yeah, my, my, my experience with this was, I wouldn't say different um, but than what how you just described, but... When, when I still enjoyed all of them, it's just like, I just like totally that, get art what you're one, that art one was such a high point for me. Where I was like, Holy, that might have been the best Wes Anderson thing I've ever fucking seen! Incredible. Right. <laughs> and then, like, it goes into the political thing where it's like, It kind of took some time to get going, and then yeah. I kind of, like, yeah, then it won me over, you know. Um, I, but, I, I had you know this, what I, mean? I whenever it's it's v, v, vignette stuff vignette based things i'm always a little bit turned off of it i don't tend to like vignette anthologies all that yeah. much i like them more than i think they will every time but i'm always a little well there's hesitant. not a lot of them first and all. and when i was <laughs> when i was going into french dispatch i was a little concerned about that that i yeah. wouldn't like it but i had the experience every time when the vignette would end where i was like really disappointed and reluctant to go into the second one and yeah. i was almost immediately no 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 that happened to me too time work with it, it, the whole listen i think i think this is fucking i think this is a fucking incredible movie i'm just saying like i think it's just the nature of the vignette movie where it's just like it's just I, like i said i think when i see this again i'm going to be like what you know yeah. i'm gonna it's just overwhelming it was just like too much i was just like yeah, i need well, to like cool off like well I that's the thing like... the overwhelming word the overwhelmingly dense thing about this movie is both the genius about it and the thing that's maybe that could a problem be a detriment, right yeah that could be a detriment and like because for me i missed so much yeah. especially oh, yeah. because like the way that Same. he chose to do he wes anderson chooses to do something with dialogue here that I think a lot of people would be considered to be a bad way to make a film, but I think it's really brilliant in that the every character is saying dialogue at an extremely fast rate all of the time. All of the are like that. And but like, this movie, this movie was like a new extreme yeah, of that to yeah, me. I've never yeah. like people were talking so fast, and it was like I want to hear everything of what you're saying, but yeah. I literally can't. Right. It's so much, it's and yeah. and that was the kind of thing. But what I liked about the fact that I accepted them just sort of like 
giving their these huge speeches and stuff is that mm-hmm. it wasn't just like them exposition dumping. I was still really able to feel the cohesiveness through like the performance yeah. and what oh, I yeah. did capture of course. Yeah. And, and, and all of that. So, of course. so like the overwhelming and, and, and dense experience of sort of switching from each vignette and like, and this really rapid pace, right. I was just really blown away by the end of the movie how uh, how cohesive well it ended up tied together and how like emotionally satisfying it was. It's, yeah, it was yeah. really. That, that, I mean, that's that, like I, that's the thing when it ended. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I was like, oh my god, because the yeah. whole thing you're like, where is this going? Yeah, like, right. Because you know, you're especially for the political one. So I thought it was ultimately I thought it was great with Russell McDormand and the Timothy Chalamet where. Uh, they're they're hooking up and yeah. you know that whole you know the youth revolution and she's kind of like uh, journaling you know this this young you know re- rebellion group you know yeah. um that was super interesting but like after that I was like where like where is this movie going like I love this and I yeah. like all these like little vignettes but the way that it ended was. So Wes Anderson wholesome because a lot most of his movies are so wholesome and cute, right? It's, it's maybe like I mean all of them. They're all like there are the some of the most wholesome movies ever made. And yeah. This one definitely his most like R-rated movie. A lot of cussing. There's some violence in this movie, um, but it's but by the end it's just this beautiful ode. To, to yeah. journalism. Yeah, this, yeah. This, this beautiful ode to it. And it's so just beautiful. It's just yeah. quiet. It's just amazingly beautiful, quiet moment with all the journalists and just, you know, paying their respects to, you know, Bill Murray's character. And it's fucking it's awesome. It's yeah. just this amazing, beautiful, just. Which, which, you know, it's in, and it's interesting because, um, you compare this in terms of density, right? In terms of the word density, I think this is more dense than Grand Budapest Hotel. Sure. But Grand Budapest Hotel is way more of an epic compared to this film. This sure, film is yeah. not an epic. At the end of the day, this is a pretty simple film. Because yeah. like what you just said, it's just like it's just a really nice send off and love letter to journalism in this the French yeah, Dispatch. Exactly. It's literally like what some of the moments of the movie are the in between like bits where. I love those. Yeah, I love them. Then, like Bill Murray, you know, who who is a god among men? Yeah, uh, and he's amazing in every West Anderson movie he's in, which is I think all of them, uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um, and he like the, the the banter between the journalists and him are just they're, it's great. Yeah. The West Anderson humor is here too, not as strong, you know, and. Like, this is not that as much humor, maybe, to be, in like, Grand Budapest, for example. Yeah. But um, when it is here, it's goddamn hilarious. I mean, Tilda yeah. Swinton, that part is the oh. funniest shit ever, man. When yeah, he's dude. at the press conference, and <laughs> that's so funny. Dude, the scene uh, that made me almost die in the theater, and I had to stop myself because people didn't think it was as funny as I did, is in the last vignette when the oh, when yeah. the director goes and finds the chicken coop, and he sh- and William Defoe pops up. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta kill me. <laughs> yeah. 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 
most genius and yeah, funny hilarious. shit I've ever yeah. seen. I Super was good. it was so great. That was like one of that scene was one of the reasons why I like go to the movies and love movies yeah. so much. Right. Was because that scene was so funny it works so well in the context of things and it does that amazing thing where he shoots it like william defoe is the size of a chicken so they they, they shoot it and they make him like feel really small <laughs> and it's such a long pause before he says anything yeah. he says the most william defoe ass shit ever um and he turns out to be relevant and it was it's like yeah. Exactly. It was so many levels of genius in that one little moment. That video especially is so good. And yeah. I need to go watch it for just that last. I think, I do bit. think that, I think I love, I think my least that favorite one was the- That was the weakest one, in my opinion, the, the last one. What? The I first think the time political, it. The political one is the weakest yeah. one to me, and I think the last one's my favorite one. Oh, really? I think, yeah, I okay. love the art one a lot, but- I loved that last one. I thought that I, one was so strong. Can we talk about the R one though? Because I think that Benicio yeah. Del Toro might be one of my favorite Wes Anderson characters of all time. Yeah, he, he's so good. First of all, Benicio Del Toro is one of my favorite actors. I think he he blows me away in like everything I see him in. He is exceptional. Like I mean, I want him to get an Oscar for this fucking performance. Yeah, I. The idea, this is the, this is the plot, this is, the, this is the whole concept behind that whole thing was just, it made me laugh so hard, and yeah. it's so yeah. just ridiculous. It's not this, like, you know, genius, <laughs> this genius artist who's a, <laughs> a serial killer, like, he's a psychopath, <laughs> but he's this brilliant artist, and this brilliant modern artist, who paints Leah Sadu, who's another incredible actress who's amazing in this movie, uh, yeah, as the prison really guard. Good. Which is this, um, is this, sorry to interrupt, but is this the first time he's done nudity in a film? I would, uh, I don't know, actually. No, I thought that was well, pretty. Well, Grand has some funny nudity in it. Oh, that's like, right. Uh, yeah, there's some funny nudity in that, but. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that I thought that was I thought that the nudity in this was done really well. Super cool. tasteful, yeah, super yeah. tasteful. Um, she's been naked a lot uh, in movies. Cause she's uh, um, in the Blues World's Color. Um, oh yeah, yes. she's one of the stars oh, of that. Oh yes, that's right. Um, crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and but that like I love and Adrian Brody. I fucking. I love when Asian Grody pops up because he's such a great actor and I don't see him enough in movies. Yeah, yeah. And he's so great in Wes Anderson movies and he's so great in this one again. Being this, like, you know, art collector, this, like, uh, you know, this, like, pretentious ass, you know, modern art collector. And I love him. I love, that whole thing was just such a brilliant critique. Of like modern art to me, yeah, and I it love was that. so <laughs> so funny and like just. So... I love the, the the fucking bird scene where he's like, oh he God. drew this in yeah. two sections. He could draw this, but he chooses not to, which yeah, means right. this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was I laughed so hard throughout that whole because I I love movies about art. I love like you know. I love movies about making movies. I love anything that's like about art and like yeah. that critique of just the, the modern art world is so 
funny. I never thought I'd say this, but it kind of reminded me. Of, I kind of want to go rewatch that Velvet Buzzsaw or whatever that movie yeah. was called. I love Just because that movie. the critique of modern art is so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was just so brilliant. But it's also like very. That's the thing about Wes Anderson is like looks so amazing about him. Like someone who's maybe not like fully immersed in the Wes Anderson canon and in the world might view his movies just as quirky comedies. Yeah. But underneath the surface of a lot of his movies are true. There's some of a, a deep sadness and a like a deep um, or or just a melancholy, a, beauty, a melancholy, a beauty, and in that one, there's this great you know undertone of love and and you know finding your muse, and that was just like to me, and that was just so beautiful, so so just you know that's the thing about his movies is just quirky and as funny as some of them are, there are they're so emotional and they're so well realize what the themes of them are, are trying to convey, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what makes him an absolute genius. Dude. Yeah, and, and he also he also does such a good job of presenting how you can create such deep and deep worlds within each and every character over a pretty short period of time because yeah. he did such a good job with, you know, especially like Benicio del Toro's character. I mean, every character, even like the police muse in that short. Oh, absolutely. She didn't really absolutely. say that much, or she wasn't even that like yeah. in terms of character participation or dialogue, she wasn't that present. But mm-hmm. she was such a huge and deep character. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. you yeah. and you could feel it so yeah. so intensely. And that was that that is like that that is the thing about like his directing that always stands out to yeah. me is how well and how 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 much how much deep emotions he puts into each yeah. and every single one of his characters that's are on screen. Yeah, and I mean, I think and I think that is kind of said in like just the insane cast of this movie, where it, it seems like anybody if you you get a call from Wes Anderson and they go, can you show up for a day? and say one line, a.k.a. Yeah. Christoph Waltz, who shows up in this fucking movie, doesn't even have him. He's not even a character, that. dude. I totally and he's just like, that. in the movie. <laughs> like, he's, like, I that made me laugh so hard. He just shows up, in, like, as a, I think he's like, a friend of Francis McDormand's or something. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he get, he get, like his line isn't even like memorable. Like he doesn't even do anything. It's yeah, it's true. It's, it's like, like wow. It's like Wes Anderson you get can this just two, he won he's he's won two Oscars. <laughs> you get this guy for half a like like for like two minutes of screen time. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, he he has like it. It's like he has he has the kind of status where he can just make uh, side characters that are relevant but don't have many lines the like just be absurd. super famous people yeah, yeah the cast is absolutely absurd like it's elizabeth moss is one of the journalists and she doesn't even like she has like four lines in the, in yeah. the movie like it's like dude she's a huge actress like she's in, like one of the biggest shows like talk about shows like the handmaid's tale like yeah like yeah right she's in the movie for four <laughs> 
he's literally like five lines. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Like he's just one of those guys. But I think to that point, because he takes so much care with like each character and his movies are so incredible that he can just call anybody and they will yeah. do his movies. Anybody. Like, and you know, the other exceptional thing, I think even to a degree, like with Christoph Waltz character, I would make the argument that Wes Anderson would even know that that small character, that he would want that actor to perform that well, character because yeah, of some exactly. small reason exactly. that he has for right, that. Exactly. It's not just yeah. like, I want this big name actor to be like the bartender. It's just exactly. like, no, I want this bartender to have this quirk that only this actor can do. That's something that like I think is so amazing about like his cast. This isn't the first time that like, like oh, Wilson and uh, Grand Budapest will just show up. You know, yeah. he's in like a scene, you know. Um, Jason Schwartzman, you know, he just shows yeah. up in a lot of his movies for like a minute. Does he show up in this? He's got to. He's got to. Yeah. Who? Uh, uh, Jason Schwartzman? Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, he's the artist. He, he has, okay. There's that hilarious scene where he's oh, drawing yes. the turkey and Bill Murray, yes. like. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so like, you know, and, um, probably but, oh, oh. Shit. So, well, yeah, no, I don't know. So, what I was saying was, like, he avoids the cameo. Yeah. yeah. You know, where that Christoph Walken could easily turn into a cameo, where it's like, hey, like, a cameo is like, hey, I'm here. You know, I'm Christoph Walks, you know? Like, it's like, uh, I don't know, like David Hasselhoff showing up in Baywatch, <laughs> yeah. you know? That's a cameo, you know? Yeah. That's like, you're making a re- you're you're acknowledging that this actor is in the movie. It's like yeah. kind of a small breaking of the fourth wall. He avoids that kind of brilliantly because yeah. when someone like Bill Murray, like a giant fucking actor, like one of the most famous actors in the world, Bill Murray shows up in your movie and it's not jarring. That's a feat, you know. When Bill yeah. Murray can just show up and he's not there for a joke, he's, he's playing a character. He's just there. He's a small character, you know. That's yeah. incredibly impressive. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a really, really, really good point about um someone being capable of handling star power like that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love Steve Zuso so much, is because yeah. he's really able to use Bill Murray for his acting well, capabilities. One of the best, one of the best not, performances. And not just him being Bill Murray, like in Osmosis Jones, where they're just like, just <laughs> God, please, just Bill Murray, just be, do, be, just stand or, there or and be Bill Jam. Murray Which for the love great, of God. You know? Yeah, but Bill Murray in space to was excellent. But it's Bill Murray, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. So that's a, exactly. that's a really that's a really great point to to talk. I've always about. thought that that was so that makes him stand out so much because not a lot of not a lot of directors that. Like, Scorsese could do that, right? He could yeah. call anybody and have them show up for, like, a scene. But he doesn't. Probably because... And also, it's kind of part of the Wes Anderson, like, mythos. It's kind of part of... He has the same cast of characters that just kind of, like, come in and out of his movies, which makes him so much fun to watch, yeah. especially if you watch all of them. Because the same actors from the majority of the, you know new colors come in and out, you know, like, but, you know, it's it's impressive that he's able to, like, you know, like, just not care about, like, Bill Murray, like, he doesn't have to make Bill Murray the star of their movie. Not only that, he can show up for, 
Like, Ron Cunningham, he's, he's in it. He doesn't even make a joke in that movie. Like, he's, like, he's like Bill Murray. He's not even, like, the fu- he's not even funny in that movie. Like, yeah. he's, he's sad. He's, yeah. His wife is leaving him. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's not even, like, nothing funny about it. Like, yeah. So that's super impressive. Yeah, and that's the that's the kind of talking about like the Bruce type Willis, of director. Bruce Willis, the Kingdom, like totally oh, yeah. subverting what, oh, yeah, yeah. what Bruce Willis does in a fantastic or, way. Yeah, and I think I th- Wes Anderson has this attention to cre- preserving the the world of the story in a way that a lot of directors I don't quite see. It's almost it's kind yeah. of like an attention to the world of a story like an animator or an animated director would have yeah. because like a director, if he just seems so tied so intimately tied to the creation of the look and style and like art design and set design of the whole thing totally but um, he also you know has worked with he has a series of collaborators like i think he's worked with the same cinematographer a bunch of times the same yeah. you know art director and he definitely has built over the years a team of people that understand his style understand the way that yeah he works. they're like they're like on the such the same yeah, he's, like, they're he's like just created he just has a dream team at this point that yeah he's he's able to he probably i mean i um i read well i didn't read but i attended a will and the foe master class at my sister's school oh. over zoom oh, yeah. and, and so somebody asked him um about working with wes anderson yeah. And he told the story that kind of blew my mind. Where he told the story of how when, because uh, Wes approached him to be in Grand Budapest, and with it he brought like this book that he had the whole movie like animated. So he had like a whole movie. Like storyboards? Well, that's, he he differed from that. He's like they weren't just storyboards. It was like really detailed, like 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 just way more detailed storyboards. It was like reading, it was like reading a storybook, like reading like a picture book yeah. or something. Yeah. And but that like just hearing that story, I was like, dude, this guy. <laughs> it's just the attention to detail that he has. Yeah. To, and he's probably he's found people that I think are able to interpret his drawings and these sets that he wants to create and these shots. Because his movies are not like, um, not that there's anything wrong with this, obviously, but each one of his shots is constructed. It's not like, it really does seem like that he has worked on each shot in a storyboard for like days. Just the amount of detail that is in like every shot, and yeah. it's not like they show up on the set, which is how most movies are made. So I'm not saying that this is the right way to do things, but uh, like you show up on the set and you the cinematographer kind of you know makes it work on the day with with a you know storyboard with a kind of rough idea of what yeah. the storyboard is. With him, it's like no, I want this little press box that the press that just says press on it and in the middle of the street that doesn't seem like it wouldn't work at all like why would there be a little press box in the middle of the street because yeah. it's my world bitch this, this is this is my whole yeah you know dollhouse if you will you know that like 
And that's just makes him stand out so much because he, he's willing to do that. He's willing to work his fucking ass off to create, to make every shot just immaculate. Like yeah. Just, you could pause in this, this, this particular yeah, it's movie. so true you with pause his films. any one of his friends and just be like, just look at it for a while. Because it's just... It's incredible the amount of detail that he puts in his movies. Yeah, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like he's mastered the process of sequential storytelling. Like he knows how the editing works already. It's like I I know how this is gonna edit. Like I know how it's, it's going. Let's make every single it's, it's frame. A master, a it's a mastery of that, but it's also a mastery of like staging. Oh yeah, dude. How like he's able his staging to staging is so nuts. It's it's and I think like he has a background in like stage plays. And that, like, really does show in his it movies. It does, yeah. I, yeah. Like, just how detailed his sets are and how a lot of them do feel like they could be on stage. I mean, a lot of his films, this film, uh, Fresh Dispatch, has a whole sequence that is a stage play, you know? Yeah. Um, and one of the oddest uh, scenes in the movie, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but... Uh, like, and even in Rush War, they, they kind of touch on, you know, the, the main character that movie puts on this goddamn hilarious, elaborate, you know, stage plays. So yeah. he's obviously shown, oh, and a Moonrise Kingdom, you know, there's, he, he's, he's shown admiration for, yeah. you know, stage yeah. plays. And, um, and just that amazing set design and prop placement. And, you know, he just, you know, it, he just does things that, not not many people can do yeah. or or are willing to do yeah because you know, it's so particular his style too like you can't really replicate what he's doing there's so many times where you'll see especially like in film school where you see someone like a film and it's obviously Wes anderson inspired right it's like and he's just his style is so distinct that you know it's 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 you can't you can't replicate it. You can try to replicate it, but you're just gonna easily be like you're West it's West Anderson, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think so that makes me I think I feel a little obligated to sort of bring up this criticism, although I really dislike this criticism. Uh of his movies? Of his movies that I oh, see okay. a lot of times. The the only the only criticism which I don't agree with, but I find to be the only great only potentially logical like potentially legitimate like criticism of his directing yeah. and stylist movies is his redundancy in style like he's over stylistic to a sense of it being mm -hmm. a crutch for him and it's sure. like and it becomes these you have these expectations of expecting like you know like the shot in the beginning where the waiter walks up the building it's like we've seen a shot yeah. like that in every like wes anderson right. film something like that like or like the you know what cutting the submarine that is a, i think that's a good criticism but what a lame one you know, no. because it's it's like that's exactly how I feel. It's like, yeah, he has <laughs> like he has I, he has he's the same filmmaker. He's made the same film. He's gonna have like similar shots. He's gonna have like because of his his style is so um like there's only so much you can do with his particular uh style of framing a shot that yeah. yeah there's gonna be a lot of shots that feel similarly yeah but the thing is that this i think you really i mean i think what you're trying to say is style over substance sometimes right where you could you could 
someone can make an argument that his movies just feel like, you know, it's just style. It's just, it, but what I was trying to make earlier is that I, I, I really think that that is so, so inaccurate. It, it, like, if you're really watching the movies and looking at the stories and how they're constructed and how they're made, I, I have a hard time even bringing up the notion that it is style or substance, you know? Yeah. With Tarantino, sometimes I can say that. Sometimes I can be like, yeah, sometimes this, this was just flashy to be flashy, you know? And that's cool. You know, that's cool sometimes. But, like, with Anderson, yeah. I really don't feel that way. I feel yeah. like his movies just... Also, like, I'd rather want that. I'd rather want, like, want somebody, like, trying to do a cool style and cool, you know, than not, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think, I think, I, I totally agree with you because... But that is, but that, yeah, that's totally a criticism that I've heard, too. Because sure. it's like, it's, it's, it's frustrating to me because I can't fully dismiss that criticism because I see where you're coming from with yeah. that. But I totally agree with you because for me... Well, it would only be a problem for me if it's the kind of sort of redundancy or if it's self-indulgent. Like, it's redundant yeah. to being boring or it's like, well, this guy is just re like Michael Bay redundant in his explosions and stuff. It's just like it's like but I, I, I feel like every even if I see the same framing of shot, it serves a unique purpose. And I would and I just that like, shot that's what is I so see. beautiful. That's what I want to see when I go see a Los Angeles movie, right? Though? Like, exactly. I, I want that. I want that style. That's why that's I'm a, going yeah. to see it. Or like I, I the only only thing I could think of is in the way of maybe it being a bad thing is if you watch all his movie back to back and you get fatigued from it. But I don't even feel that to be the case. I am watching his movies back to back, and you I don't, don't feel that way at all. You don't feel that way at all because, because it's just so exciting it, and, and like opinion, energizing and cool. In my opinion, though, like as much as I do maybe agree with that a little bit, I still think that he is innovating. Like yeah. within each film, like he's like this movie has things. In it that I've never seen a movie before, like animation, like a whole animated <laughs> sequence. Yeah, dude, dude, that took my breath away. I was blown away by that. What I love about that too is like so unnecessary, but it was so cool. You know, yeah. like it was just like, <laughs> like why? Like it's. I mean, I guess it's cool if you look at it as like you know it was like the comic or the the animated section of yeah. the of the newspaper. You know, yeah. Um, so it works in that way, but at the same time, it was just like. Yeah, this is awesome. Why not? Let's put an animated sequence in it. Let's just switch you know? here, yeah. Um, and a hilarious one, by the way, when that whole chase scene with, like, the guy, <laughs> like, there's that great little moment where the, the dude, like, what does he do? He, like, falls. He, like, <laughs> it's the goes, wrestlers on the, yeah. he's on the front. Yeah, he's on top of the car. He, he falls off of the car, and then the car comes back, and he jumps back on the car. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, super funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. But, like, that that was such a cool moment because it allowed him to, like, do, because a lot of his movies do have, like, a cartoonish aspect to them. Do, yeah. Like, that quirky, you know, like, yeah. Grand Budapest, like, the fucking ski scene is, like, the funniest shit ever, man. Yeah. When they're going off, like, ramps and shit, and, like, you know, it's, it's, he has that, like, cartoonist aspect to him. And yeah. so it's cool to finally see him, like, and he's made two animated movies, but it's cool to see him, like, go all in, like, go, like, yeah. animated with it. Make it, like, and a Looney Tunes uh, kind of thing. And I, and I, thought, I thought that worked so fantastically. Yeah, totally. But but yes, yes, I I agree. I think, and the other thing, like the last thing I always think about that criticism, which is maybe the best way to dismiss it, is like, what would you rather him do? Well, that's what I'm saying. 
Like, what would you prefer? You want him to do not that? You want That's him to? That's what I'm to... saying. You don't want him to do him, like yeah. do his style. Like, I mean, I don't understand. Don't watch his movies. You don't want to see his style. And I understand, like, but you can make that argument with any filmmaker. Yeah. Ah, oh, shit. A close-up again? Dude, I've seen this a million times. Well, not only that, like, you could, like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, man, like, I think those people are fucking stickful, man. Yeah. I mean, if you're criticizing, like, shit like that, or it's like, like, I, yeah, I could make an argument that, like, yeah, a lot of Scorsese narratives are similar, you know? A lot of them deal with, uh, there's a lot of his movies that deal with uh, people of faith and yeah. questioning their faith. Or gangsters. But, or gangsters. But guess what? That's what he does. That's a Martin Scorsese movie. Yeah. Go watch another fucking movie. Yeah. You know? Like, if you're, like, it's a gangster movie directed by Martin Scorsese. And it's not just made that, you know, yeah. also, but he's made tons of different movies. But, like, that's just what the filmmaker is. He's not going to, like, there's only so few PTAs where you get, like, each movie is, like, a fucking different genre, you know, yeah. or Quentin Tarantino, or it's, like, a different fucking, yeah, like, genre. Like, it's not, there's not that many people like that, man. Like, you're only one person, and you can, like, they're going to do them. They're going to do the I, way that they like making movies. And I think know? the biggest, I think the biggest, like, what it's that... It's such a nitpick. I think what <laughs> that like, problem usually is most of the time, well, it's either... You know, people trying to find uh, be against, being against something that is yeah. that everyone Inherently is really great. into, or sort of like the experience of like people. Rick and Morty is fantastic, yeah. you know, or fantastic. Pink Floyd yeah. is fantastic. Right. But I am so sick right. of all the people circle jerking and talking about Rick and Morty and Pink right. Floyd. Like right. I, I, I wanted to. I like or. You go through film school and you kind of find a hate for Wes Anderson when you go through film school. Sure. Yeah. Because, right. uh, but like, once you're out of film school, it's just like, those guys sucked. Wes Anderson's great. But it's those well, guys. I mean, I think like, I think he's just like, I think for me, like, I, I've always loved his movies, but I think in film school, I really was like, just because everybody talk about him, because he's so easy to talk about. Right. Like, right, Wes Anderson, right. because he's not a knock on him at all. I fucking I think his movies are I think he's one of my favorite filmmakers, but his yeah, films it's funny. Are like, it's it's funny to knock on him for being but it's just really like every experimentable, class. experimental, and so successful. It's just like yes, he's genius because he makes genius things palpable to yeah. the common man, you know, which is great for teaching. So everyone can talk about, it, which is what's great about it. But yeah. it it opens doors to the fucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like it's the same it's the Tarantino phenomenon. Yeah. It's, it's the that same and thing. it's it's also like the the Nolan phenomenon good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. all phenomenal filmmakers, like obviously, you know. Um yeah. it's just like you know, it's just kinda of going sometimes. When you're in when you're like a film person and you're in communities like the like the film community where, you know, it, it can get tiring, but um but I don't fucking care. Because I don't either. It's excellent. Yeah. Um, it's excellent. Um, it's just, it's, I think it's, it's his, I cannot, I don't know where this man's going to go from here. Yeah. Because this movie is just so crazy, dense, like we were saying, and it's so wild and just yeah. so coherent and just, the biggest cast he's ever assembled. They're all amazing. 
I don't know where he goes from here. He's shooting at Eli right now. Is there, any, is there any noise about it? Like what? Stars Tom Hanks, Bill Murray, you know, classic characters. Scarlett Johansson's in it. It's called Asteroid City. It's a called romance. Asteroid City? This is an amazing title. That's awesome. It's, it's set in Spain. We'll see. Oh, man. Probably going to be I'm wonderful. <laughs> I, want him, I want him to direct a 2D animated film. That's after I, I saw that see, 2D animated I can, I can see it happening. The problem is that Let's hope he does it. I don't know who's going to fund that, unfortunately. He's going to have to find funding yeah. for it. And maybe a 2D animated movie is hard. So, mm. so, is a, so is a stop motion movie, though. Yeah, and he got a stop motion movie made. Two so, of them. Two. Yeah, two. Yeah. So I feel like, like if he can get a stop motion movie made, he would have connections to make a 2D I, movie. I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You might not want to. What's the last 2D animated movie that you can check out in theaters? I don't know. That that wasn't like Pixar or Disney? Or, or 2D. Disney. Well, what? Like 2D. Or 2D. Yeah, dude, that makes me sad to think about that. Because I would, I, I just really wish, I would love to have another 2D feature film come out in theaters. Like the big I would theaters. love like another like Roger Rabbit situation where someone tries to like experiment with that shit again. Yeah. But like, wild that would be. but it's like it's so weird because like we're all, in a way every movie is that that now with like the amount yeah. of like animation and CGI that goes yeah, into all just, of these blockbusters. Yeah, it's I not the same it, though. You also wouldn't be able to the thing about Roger Rabbit is it's so genius and so amazing still to this day that like yeah, if you were to do that, you would just be comparing to Roger Rabbit. So like, right. why it's try? really hard <laughs> to figure out how to do that in a unique manner. Yeah, how would yeah. you? How could you make Roger Rabbit that's not Roger Rabbit? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. It's uh, almost impossible. I'm excited. I like the <laughs> idea of what Wes Anderson did in the French Dispatch a lot of blending 2D yeah. animation and just animation in general with live action. I want to see we'll that. We got Venom too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I honestly, I liked that. I did like yeah. it. I'm, I it was a little, it was boring and and stale in terms of story, but I yeah. liked, I liked the style. Yeah, it was cool. Look at that. There's a, a Bronson. There's a cool animated sequence of that. Oh, dude, there is. Drawing, there's this cool oh, like, yeah. animation sequence of that. Oh, that was really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've definitely done that before. Yeah, um, I want to see it more. I would love, dude. That made me. I was just. I, it's funny I just that like. You brought that I like up. combinations of like just different styles of movies in one movie. I do like, too. Just like a movie, like switching to a three D animated movie in the middle of it. Yeah. I don't want to see shit like that. You know. Yeah. And make it work. You yeah. know how crazy that would be. I like it. I like it too. My favorite thing is when they're able to like again. Why I like French Dispatch so much is it's not so much where like the switch the animated. It's this is also good. I also like this where they switch to like a different medium based on like a writerly or story based beat. You know, like yeah, a, right. a flashback yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I love that. That works. But I really like it in how like. <laughs> Wes Anderson just makes it work like within a cut. Like he'll just cut to it. And it's just right. like, we're just in this now. And I it's know. Yeah, I know. like, like the, the stop motion scenes in brand Budapest, you know, like there's like those little oh, figurines yeah. and right, stuff right. at the beginning or like, 
almost like the opening shot of the French Dispatch. I don't know this for certain, but that looked like a little like model. I think, to it, me, I think it was, yeah. And I thought that looked so the that's last like, that's thing I great. thought the last like crazy thing or like a shot motion like this was um uh live action was like this movie called uh Booksmart that came out like uh Oh yeah. Two or three years ago. There's this amazing sequence. Like amazing sequence. Where the girls take um, shrimps, you would hate it. Don't watch it. Oh. <laughs> um, you would like, you would, you would. I don't think you get like five minutes of it. Too cringe. Um, yeah. Um, it's a high school comedy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't do those. Right and uh, <laughs> I have they limits. they take drugs. I think they take acid. I think. Yeah. On accident. And they go into their bedroom and they turn into dolls, like they turn into like Barbie dolls, and like it's like like Barbie dolls. So it's like a stop motion animated sequence from their like they they think that they're Barbie dolls, and it's like really funny. That's awesome. That was the last example where I thought of like like a tool mixture and and something like that, and it working. It's just people just have to take risks like that, yeah. Yeah, like, you have to, and it's hard. I understand. Like, it's, it's a tough thing to, to that's, pull that's, off. I was I was watching I was watching uh the John Carpenter's debut uh film Dark Attack Star. Attack on Precinct uh, oh, Dark Star. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is that uh, movie is fucking. It's, it's not the greatest movie film. in the world. Yeah, it's no. basically a student film. Yeah. But it's uh, but, funny. But what, it is funny, and what I liked about it too is how, like, like, um, like, put together the yeah. special effects are. That's one yeah. of the things I yeah. like about these well, old movies. Like, you know, he's one of the kids with that. You know? Yeah, and it was also Dan o- o- O'Bannon, right? Like the the guy oh, who, like, yeah. he's he he helped write it and did and managed all the special yeah. effects stuff, and he's kind of like really innovative but my point with that is that i really what i like about old special effects in like 70s and 80s films is how you can see which yeah. it yeah arguably takes you out of the immersion of it but i like being able to see all the different mediums that they had like or like star wars is another fantastic example like like miniatures and this mm-hmm. and that and you they combine it all together and you can see that they all sort of look different but the magic to me is how you can still get the whole world from all these different pieces coming together. Exactly. And that's something that is still done in movies today, but it's way more seamless. And to a degree, um, like losing some of the, to me, I would explain it as being like, if you have like an illustration or a drawing, it's like the difference between dra- erasing all of the pencils underneath it versus leaving some of the pencils and seeing some of like the unfinished sketch underneath the finished inks and color. Right. So that's that's like a that and I I really like seeing some of like the the work or behind the scene in yeah, the movie but, itself. Oh, dude, I so agree, man. Like I I really do agree, and I think like some people like don't. I don't know. I just. I miss that. I I just like I like to just I like to see yeah like what you're saying I like to see the behind the scenes of it. I like to yeah. see like I like to like know that somebody built that with their bare hands. I know, know it's it's cool. It's just cool. It's also cool that like you know people are digital artists work on you know things for hours and yeah turn out like that. But just the I digital think, age, man, I think we're just old heads. I think yeah. I think I'm just accepted. That like the music that I listen to as well, super into like nineties <laughs> hip hop and fucking sample chop shit. I know that people aren't into that. 
Yeah. You know? I just kind of accepted that I, I think I live in a different time period. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I like trap music. But, yeah. like, it's not, I, I can't get into it like a lot of people, you know? Yeah, we're, we're, 20, we're 23, and we're already not with it. Are you 24 now? I'm 24, yeah. Yeah, you're 24. Dude, the fact that um, the first Harry Potter movie, they're doing, like, a... I felt so old. They're doing, like, a... Honestly, on the axe, they're doing, like, a 20-year anniversary where, like, I was, I was watching the day of Radcliffe and Rupert Grant are going to, like, I think it's like a little short little video or like a video, like a documentary about like, you know, just the, the anniversary. I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, I was like, dude, I fucking I watched that when I was like five. I know. Like, Jesus. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about how like the passing of time feels. I was actually, when I was sort of reviewing French Dispatch, I, I, I just looked at the fact that it was made in 2021. And for whatever reason, came out it, 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 yeah, came out in 2021, and it, and it made and it, in 2019. Yeah, uh, and it hit me in a weird way about like I had like the thought of like you seeing like a movie that comes out recently and make and it has this like modern feel and relevance yeah. to it. But when I saw that, it like I, I had this perception of thinking about this is going to become an old movie so quickly, so is quickly. Yeah. You mean like old as in like... Like the fact, like once a little bit of time passes, it's not going to become irrelevant, but it's not going to have that that kind of like modern, like, oh, this was made 2021. Even like once yeah. 20... Like I, I thought about that when you said Booksmart, because Booksmart came out a couple of years ago. Well, that's just because there's so many movies that come out. Right, but that's... There's so many movies that come and that's a crazy thing to me is like the the speed of which content is coming out how yeah. how it, it's i not, thought i thought you said that i thought you said that princess pass is gonna be dated no no i was like no this is like one of those timeless things i've ever seen no absolutely not dated i like relate to this as like you know there's some music that you hear come out and you're like oh this is gonna be timeless like this is gonna be people are gonna be listening to this for years you know um, let's say with Wes Anderson's movies, like he, his movies don't feel dated at all. Like the new Spider-Man movies, as I like them, they're gonna feel old in twenty years. Yeah, feel old. They're gonna be like, wow, this is like twenty years ago. Yeah, Press this class is gonna be like, well, this is old, but I don't even know when this is set, and I don't even know, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels timeless. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's stuck in a time. No one's using yeah. an iPhone. Yeah, that's that's. I yeah. love movies like that. Yeah, I think like I was like a movie. I I saw something recently. Oh, what's that? I was watching the Royal Tenenbaums. That movie is set in two thousand, but you're like, it could be nineteen seventy five, and you wouldn't know. Like, like just the way that the analog TVs they use in that, like, you know, it's so not two thousand. It was shot during a. <laughs> But I love that. It makes it timeless. It makes it, like, you can watch it at any time period. And it yeah. would feel, you know, just cool. Just, like, because if you're watching a movie, you're like, oh, it's a cool costume. Not knowing that, like, oh, it's like an 80s dress or something, you know? And the yeah. movie's not tied to a time period, you know? It's like not, not that there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Movies, if you want to sit in a movie in the 60s or 70s or something, but I love it when you don't even know. 
Like, it, it, you could, like, if somebody told me that that Roy Kennegan was like, this was, this is 1985, I would have believed just from the set design and everything. Yeah, it's like this idea of, because that made me think about like the fact of how much I like how all the old technology in Alien, which is supposed to be set far well, in the about, future. Well, but... think about like how, it, even in Alien, like, it doesn't even look dated. Like, no, it doesn't, yeah. it looks like, can't, it looks like it could be, it could be real, it's believable. Yeah, you know? because it's like, it's it's like, it's, it's They're the idea. They're not using iPads and shit, but. Yeah, it's not, because it's, it's not, because this is the thing that may be a fault of Marvel, or why it will be dated, because they're trying to make, oh, it will if, be dated. If, if superheroes were real in our world, in our yeah. reality, and the, it kind of doing that version, as opposed to the idea of like Wes Anderson or Alien, it's like, this is the future in this world, which is not exactly. our world. And right. that and that is and it will always be true for that world, no yeah. matter like how the world changes, like our world changes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because that's just super important. And like also, yeah, there's just so many movies that I love that you can just be like, "Punk Rock Love." You're like, I, what, "Is this is this '95?" I, yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's just, it's, it makes it, it just makes it so much better. I agree. When characters use like a payphone with like cell phones around, you know? Yeah. Oh, what was there's a movie recently I saw where characters like go to a payphone and it's set like the like actually it's set like twenty twenty or something. Yeah. Well that was uh, <laughs> like, is that I'm thinking that made me think of Squid Game and how there's a payphone in that, but that might not be. Oh uh, yeah. Think, yeah. Likely that. Likely yeah. that. But yeah, that... I like that. You know? I like it. But they too. also use digital phones and shit that though. But yeah, yeah. That's definitely but there's a line, you know. But all right, dogs. I think we talk, I think we talked about everything. We talked everything about everything imaginable. And since we talked about everything, this is the end of the podcast. We have no more films to talk <laughs> about. We got it all covered here. Yeah, this uh, is this is the end. Uh, uh, this is the end. A hundred and something the end. <laughs> We end it with Wes Anderson. Yeah, uh, we are last... gonna we we are gonna rank what all his yeah, films after that. But then it's gonna be the end. So this is the yeah. this is the <laughs> this is the p- penultimate last end. podcast. <laughs> we'll be the last supper, if you will. <laughs> if you will. Um, yeah. So the, we're gonna review the podcast. Most likely that will come out after this is Wes Anderson ranked. Um, which should be very exciting. I'm so uh, very excited to do it. Um, I'm just curious to see, like, your ranking and my ranking and how we're going to argue and, yeah. and spin on each other. And fight. You know, and fight <laughs> over, like, which is going to be fun. Like I said earlier, it's going to be funny because it's, like, picking, like, children. Like, some of these movies are, like, some of my favorite movies. And it's going to be, like, picking, like... I'm really... You know, I'm going to force myself to put it in, like, a strict, like, one, two, three, four, five, six. Like, strict, yeah. like, lines like that. Because I could pretty easily generalize them into, like, my favorites and, like, yeah, the ones right. I like or like a lot. <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> and Into yeah. tears. But I'm going right. to try to make a list. Like, a hard yeah. list. Yeah, that's good. It's more fun that way. Yeah. And then we'll argue, you know... It'll be, it'll be so fun. A grand or agree, who knows? Yeah. What if we have what if we have the exact same ranking? That'd be wild. I already know that's not gonna happen. Though. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> Alright everybody. Thank you guys for listening. Uh we'll see you or you'll, you'll hear us or we'll see us. us. 
We'll go, we'll go go home. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.